Hello, everyone out there in 372 Pages land. This is 372 Pages. We'll never get back. I'm Michael J. Nelson, and Connor Listoke is with me. How do you like my 372 Pages land? I figured that uh, would yeah, be cringe I, out of you. I think that there, if uh, hopefully this is the most popular podcast in 372 Pages land. Hopefully they're not listening to a lot of like Radio Lab. That would sort of be off-brand. Hang on, the uh, Arbitron ratings just came out. Let me mm-hmm. see. Oh my God, we're tenth in three hundred seventy-two land. Ooh, we have let's been, get these uh, numbers up, people. Yeah, we need to start. I don't know, like building a throne out of skulls or something. That's not a. That's not acceptable. They need to fear us more. That or t-shirt cannon. I was thinking, but I, I like sure, yours. Right. As okay, well. yeah, yeah, we can fire it from the uh, from the throne of skulls. Right. <laughs> uh, t-shirt this is the cannons, podcast. Disappointingly yes. expensive. So that's a. Uh, I'm yeah. sure you've looked into that. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have any uh, uh, Cosmo Kramer-esque scheme to pretend you survived 9-11 to get a t-shirt cannon or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're just listening for the first time, that's... Uh... <laughs> yeah, sorry. Strong taste. Strong taste. There's uh, a history to that. Yes, there is. But uh, speaking of history, can I, can I give you a little something? Our podcast history? Where, where oh, the, yes. Where the 372 name came from? Yes. Uh, you'll all know that was the amount of pages in Ready Player One. And uh, I think it was just last week we got a big uh, reveal. The The synopsis of Ready Player Two came out. Can I share it with you? Uh, please do. Of I don't, course. I don't think I've shared this with you. I, I held it back to just get your reaction in real time. Because yeah. I, I, assume, I assume you weren't like refreshing, um, you know, ErnestKlein.com waiting to see if this was going to pop up someday. You don't know me, but okay. th- that, that's true, but it's incidentally true. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> You're on your half-finished Throne of Skulls, uh, refreshing, <laughs> ErnestKlein.com. Here we go. Uh, three paragraphs here. Days after winning Oasis founder James Halliday's contest, Wade Watts makes a discovery that changes everything. Hidden within Halliday's vaults, waiting for his heir to find, lies a technological advancement that will once again change the world and make the Oasis a thousand times more wondrous and addictive than even Wade possibly dreamed. Uh, With it comes a new riddle and a new quest, a last Easter egg from Halliday hinting at a mysterious prize, and and an unexpected, impossibly powerful, and dangerous new rival awaits, one who'll kill millions to get what he wants. Uh, Possibly Mrs. G, the uh, poor woman downstairs. Uh, Wade's life and the future of the Oasis are again at stake, but this time the fate of humanity also hangs in the balance. And then then we get the uh, the wrap-up. Lovingly nostalgic and wildly original, as only Ernest Cline could conceive it, Ready Player Two takes us on an imaginative, another imaginative, fun, action-packed adventure through his beloved virtual universe and jolts us thrillingly into the future once again. Ah, I thought that third paragraph was going to be a disclaimer. Uh, there are no pop culture references in this book. <laughs> right, we yes. apologize for any Grow inconvenience up, you this might yeah. cause. <laughs> Please seek it elsewhere. The internet has existed for the time between when this book was published, so no. you should be good to go. It sounds like they've got the exact same hose of slop to fill up the trough. <laughs> It's amazing. Days. It takes place days later, so it's not like you even have a, uh, you know, well, a lot of things changed, and I grew up in the uh, in the years since I won this and, you know, had a, had a son and a daughter with Artemis and reorganized my priorities. 
No, indeed. Is is there a uh, is that from the publisher? And does it say like trade paperback, three hundred and seventy two <laughs> pages, or anything like? Do we have any clue? No, I don't. Well, that's a good question. I don't. Amazon will often list that. Let's see. I mean, that would be a. Uh, that would be whether he whether he takes any of that into it. I, I can't imagine that he's aware of us or, or cares from his own actual probably throne he owns. But uh, uh, it would be great if we uh, if he if he did shout us out. You know that he has a full Game of Thrones. Throne, of <laughs> right. Course. Yes. Exactly. Three hundred and eighty-four pages. Damn it. Oh God. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the uh, maybe there's just like uh, some like uh, either endnotes or. Uh, references or something citing citing the sources of all the quotes from the 80s movies at the end maybe the extra pages were all about there was a one time where there was a little bit of lag and so we had to <laughs> yes. kind of describe that yeah that could be the uh that could be the technical logical advancement that will once again change the world is just uh reducing lag by five percent <laughs> <laughs> i just like the uh I, I like wildly original being words that uh it seems like that should be that should just be illegal, like uh, how you can't say that it's champagne unless it comes from, you know, the, the champagne region of France. It, you just it, packaging standards need to need to prevent those two words from being on an Ernest Klein book. Uh, like very unique or wildly unique or whatever. You, know, <laughs> yes. yeah, you just can't can't lard it up with words. Well, we look forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Uh, but in the meantime, we've got, uh, I think, only 550 pages left of Midnight Sun. My God. <laughs> Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer, the book we're actually reading right now. You uh, you sent me an email implying that uh, we had light lifting on the reading this week. <laughs> I had I think to the... disabuse you of that immediately. <laughs> yeah, this one started with another uh, Shadow Moon-esque a lengthy chapter, but I, I think it was. I think it was like eighty pages at the expense of next week's. Um, ah! <laughs> it's just the way the chapters break down. It's either sure, like sure. stop reading after Edward sighs for the eighth time in this chapter, or uh, you know read an extra ten pages and get to the actual end of the chapter. I will say I'm I'm going to go ahead and uh, spoil this reading. What this these massive chapters cover? Chapter eighteen is massive. Chapter mm-hmm. nineteen. No slouch. Chapter 20 goes a little light, which is unfortunate, given its (laughs) content. where it ends. (laughs) But um, what this covers is um, him picking her up and going to meet the family. Mm -hmm. So that's just spoiler alert. That's everything that's covered. I know that that's, uh, you know, obviously in in a real book, that would be a paragraph or less. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's a very, very long reading here. Yeah, it sort of starts being like I think there's a like a, a Hitchcock movie that's uh, gimmickly filmed in real time. There was a, a terrible uh, Johnny Depp movie from the '90s, I think, called Nick of Time. Maybe it feels like that's what they're trying to do here. Is like you're actually reading these events in the real time it would take them to happen. Right. It's uh, I I could never get into 24 because mm-hmm. of that conceit. Yeah. I, your mind just keeps working. Like, come on, now wait. <laughs> You know, it doesn't uh, it doesn't fill it all out. But yeah, this this has uh, temporal issues for sure. It's it's just it's longer than real time, obviously. Right. Um, well, I mean, we might as well might as well get into it. I believe we've got the uh, the three major departments. Right. We've got. I know we have emails. We have some good emails. We have dumb sentences, of course. And uh, and you're you're grilling me on fanfic again. I am real or fanfic coming for you, my friend. Uh, plus, there's an extra uh, bonus. Uh, for you, but I'll, I'll get to it when we come to it. But it is a quiz. Okay. Uh, there's nothing you need to prepare for it. It's uh, it'll, it'll be fun for you, but uh, that's coming up. 
Good. That is uh, how I took most of the quizzes I, I had to take in college. So, Yes. Uh, chapter 18, Mind Over Matter, mm-hmm. which happens to be the title of one of my books. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that's the uh, that's a shout out from her uh, for all the mockery of the movies you threw her way. Absolutely positive that it is. <laughs> uh, where we are now is plot wise. Do you? Yeah, they left the meadow where he uh, uprooted a bunch of trees and threw them around like the Hulk, and then he Benny Hill carried her out of there, uh, and she like almost barfed from motion sickness, and now they're driving home after that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, that, that I think that's the, that was their first day they spent together. She saw him sparkle. I think they smooched. Um, but now he's got to get her home because she keeps saying she has human needs she has to attend to or she needs a human minute, uh, which is just a sort of revolting euphemism. Ah, these humans, <laughs> he, as he always says, a hundred years later. <laughs> yes, we get it. Yeah. Uh, well, it starts off with him. Uh, he says that insisting upon driving had been a very good idea. There were all those things, of course, that would be out of the question if she needed to concentrate her human senses on the road. There we go. <laughs> Hand-holding, eye-gazing, general joy radiating. But more than this, the feeling of being filled to the point of bursting with pure light. But then in the next paragraph, so he's, he's filled to the point of bursting with pure light. In the next paragraph, every now and then a lance of fading red sunlight would strike my face. I could imagine the terror I would have felt only yesterday to have been exposed in this way. Now it made me want to laugh. I felt filled with laughter. <laughs> uh, so he's, he's filled to the point of bursting with pure light, yet filled with laughter. Uh, so, so make up your damn mind. That was uh, part of that was one of my dumb sentences. It's so it's she needed to concentrate her human senses on the road because she couldn't do things like hand holding, eye gazing, general joy radiating. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's bad. That's oh, sort of a, that's sort of like uh, early uh, mid mid two thousands uh, blog writing. I feel like terrible, terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to what was I think a fanfic thing of. Uh, Johnny Ace? Yeah, Blast Which I Johnny never looked Ace. up whether that was real or not. Uh, I mean, it has to be, but like... Pledging yeah. my love. Yeah, it's probably some uh, some crooning, I would guess, but Ed- Edward's really into it. Johnny Ace, though. I mean, it sounds like 50s, but I we would know that, right? Uh, it can't be something from contemporary with someone named Johnny Ace and no, Pledging it, My Love. It says 1955. I think uh, that the... Uh, yeah, it says in there he likes the 50s music better than the 60s and 70s. He doesn't like Oh, okay, go. yes, it goes on. But he says this is from 55. All right, whatever. So, yeah, the, you search for Johnny Ace. That's the first result. And then there's a, uh, uh, you know, slightly well-known, it appears, uh, close-up magician named uh, Johnny Ace Palmer. Who is slightly I guess, co- well-known close-up I mean, magician. His top <laughs> video has uh, 1.8 million views from uh, Philadelphia okay. TV. Well, he's so. crushing us. I mean, yeah. who am I? <laughs> Uh, here's my first sentence that had to be pulled out, uh, the story of Edward as he begins. I was born in Chicago in 1901, I admitted. <laughs> I turned my face toward the road ahead so she, would feel scrutin- she wouldn't feel scrutinized as she did the mental math. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm, I, when somebody throws these at me, I just draw a blank. I'm terrible. Sure. But if someone threw 1901 at me, <laughs> even I could puzzle that out. Yeah. 
So what is the current year minus one? Uh, there we go. So from now, I'll, I'll carry the carry the one. Uh, you know, x squared uh, remainder. So he's like looking at the uh, the ceiling of his uh, car to try to give her time to like, and he's like whispering out of the side of his mouth, just subtract the one, subtract the one. Yeah, I get it. You're 106. Yeah, that was hilarious. I like that he prefaced it too with she says, "Are you going to tell me how old you are?" And he says, "I wonder if it will upset you," which is again something you say if it's absolutely going to upset you. Um, uh-uh. But. But then she follows that up. So he says, Carlisle found me in a hospital in the summer of 1918. I was 17 and dying of the Spanish influenza. At this, her control slipped and she gasped in shock. Her eyes huge. So I don't know what the... I mean, clearly he, he looks like a 17-year-old. He's, he's in high school. He's posing as one. So is she shocked that he wasn't 19, which she assumed? Or what the hell? I don't know what the shock is about. I, you know, <laughs> there was all that stuff that he goes at great lengths to say she just went, oh, yeah, yeah, we're vampires. Yeah, yeah, I've murdered a fair, fair number of guys. Does yeah. that upset you? She doesn't look no. up from her phone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do your eyes widen? Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had the flu in 18. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's doing the mental math there as well. You had the most famous disease in the history of mankind? <laughs> I'm also going to say I've I've had more than enough of hearing about the Spanish flu uh, this year. That I, I don't I don't need to hear any more about it. It can it can it can disappear. It can go back to uh, to us not talking about it like I did for the first uh, 38 years of my life. I was watching. I, I echo your sentiments. Was watching a quiz show yesterday, and that was one of the questions. I'm like, come on, man! <laughs> even it's invading even my my little right. quiz shows. Please stop it. Uh, was it on the match game? Was it like uh, dumb Doris heard about the Spanish <laughs> flu, but she wanted a, a Spanish blank? My favorite thing about uh, I'm glad you pulled up dumb Dora. By the way, it's a good uh, good pull. <laughs> yeah. Shows that dumb Donald was it? Damn it! No, it is. It's Dora. Dumb okay. Dora. There is a dumb Donald as well, I believe. Sure. But the other one that that cracks me up that is the they go to the well many times. Yule Gibbon said. <laughs> And uh, I'm just going to leave that there, and you can go look that up for people sure. who obviously don't know who that is. I believe it has come up in the past couple months. It's, but it's, it's hilarious that that is a uh, thing that they just go to again and again. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Well, then we get more details about—he sort of fills her in about uh, how some of his family members came to be vampires. Uh, Esme fell off a cliff, um, and that's sort of just uh, glossed over, as you do. Uh, she falls off a cliff. And then— uh, this they sort of they 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 gloss over also because it's not it's 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 grim. Um, uh, Rosalie's fate, which uh, you know, a bunch of men uh, assaulted and left her to die in an alley. Um, yeah. And but then uh, this was this was odd to me. He then brought Rosalie to our family next. I didn't realize till much later he was hoping she would be to me what Esme was to him. He was careful with his thoughts around me. Uh, and then he says he learned that Carlisle had envisioned an even closer relationship for her and me was horrifying. The extent of my aversion would be impolite to share. So it, it seems just sort of weird that Carlisle found this woman, you know, in an alley dying and was like, oh, I'm going to set her up with my son. Yeah. And then I don't understand his disgust and horror. 
Yeah, it doesn't make what? any sense. I mean, she's extremely beautiful, right? Yeah, at some they point all in time, are, but, but yeah, she's yeah, yeah, she's like he they. That's her power, I think he says when they get into what all their powers are. It's just she's like super hot. But the extent of his aversion would be impolite to, to share. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like that one friend of yours who was always like, um, you know, oh, uh, Jessica Alba just doesn't do it for me. It's like, well, okay, like now you're. <laughs> yes. Uh, but so they hang out together, and this was a weird detail that I. So they're hanging out in Knoxville. In, <laughs> of course. Are, are we what? 1927 now i don't know whatever the timeline is mm-hmm. and then they're running down to new orleans yeah to drink hurricanes and eat that <laughs> touffet or what yes that's where the nightlife is the so what do they do for nightlife i mean is this a, just a joke that they're just going down there to like eat drunkards or what i mean if you go to new orleans they have sort of like uh the weird uh i feel like Anne rice is from there right they've got some vampire stuff going on I guess. I guess they go to voodoo, voodoo, alleys voodoo, and voodoo stuff. parties and stuff. Sure, yeah. <laughs> nightlife. All right. Yeah, uh, but but I why mean, just move? What what's in Knoxville? Ah, uh, that's a good that's a good point. I, oh, Carlisle was at the University of Tennessee's <laughs> Medical School. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, what's their dad. Your, I can't believe you moved us to Knoxville just because so you, you had to go to school. We want to hang out in New Orleans. There's a lot of stuff to do here. You got the Sun Sphere. Um, <laughs> in a couple of decades, Peyton Manning's going to come here. <laughs> um, but yeah, they uh, then they talk about how uh, uh, Rosie uh, saved Emmett from the bear attack. Uh, and that was sort of the the how they fought, fell in love. I, th- I guess she she found him dying and realized they were going to fall in love and brought him for Carlisle to save. Um, and then they get into talking about Alice as guests uh, because Alice is the one that they don't know the backstory of. Yes, yeah, she and she doesn't know. Yes, so it says that. Uh, Alice came from another family, just like Jasper. No, and that is a mystery. Alice doesn't remember in her hum- doesn't remember her human life at all, and it sort of talks about her awakening as a vampire and her first memory. And this was a point where I I I you know quivered with rage because they have you know Alice is probably the the second most prominent character in his family, and they just say they don't know her backstory. She's like. Uh, you know, what, what Boba Fett was like in the original Star Wars, and yet they've chosen to rather than explore that potentially interesting mystery. You've just rehashed the the baseball game and Anna Faye's naming scene. You pull out Boba Fett for me? Really? Sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, that was the thing. It was like, who is this mysterious character? We want to know more about him. And then you learn more about him. It's like, oh, well, that sucks. Like, okay. It's a, uh, it's a thing that... Uh... I've shared with our colleague Bill Corbett about when you're writing something and then someone just doesn't want to do the work to figure out someone's backstory and so they'll they'll say things like, "You know, I like not knowing. I think that's an interesting <laughs> choice." Like, okay, all right. Sure. You just don't want to figure it out. You don't want to do the work. You do not like not knowing. Right. Yeah, that's And don't read the book, then you won't know anything. So Right. There's a reason people like pause a uh, movie trailer and look at like two frames that are like, "I think this provides a clue to this uh, mysterious character's uh, origin or something like that." Right. Uh, here's a, uh, uh, I, I take issue with this. 
Her posture in the image reminded me of a more recent memory, me struggling to carry a light-headed Bella to the nurse's office. It was an interesting juxtaposition. <laughs> we have very different ideas of interesting. What is the posture there? Is it when he's... Uh, I did not take it down, but trust okay. me, it's not interesting. Sure, yeah. Something that happened a week ago and, uh, yeah, was not that big of a deal. Yeah, she's sitting across from him in the driver's seat, so it can't possibly be anything interesting. <laughs> How about this one? This I, I was I had a trouble unpacking this scenario, but it, it was more about um, Rosie and Emmett. Uh, Ed, Ed Edward says the younger we pretend to be, the longer we can stay in any given place. Forks seem perfect, so we all enrolled in high school. I laughed. I suppose we'll have to go to their wedding in a few years again. Rosalie loved to get married. The chance to do it over and over was probably her favorite thing about immortality. So first question is, aren't they presenting as brother and sister? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that means that if they're getting married frequently, the only people that would attend are just their immediate family who who knows that they're actually, you know, getting busy on the side? Family and friends, I guess. The, yeah, the, the Alaska vampires. So the Alaska vampires, like, just trek down there to be like... Oh, like, well, I suppose they do destination weddings since you can just run there. It's not an issue, right? <laughs> sure, New Orleans. Why New not? New Orleans. But yeah. it's just like so when a when a when a three year old like wants to play restaurant and is like, I made a steak, and you take an invisible steak and be like, mmm, good. They just do that with their wedding. Uh, they have to. Yes, that's what <laughs> they do. And then I wonder who. So do they get? Does someone put on a? fake collar or something and we are sure. gathered here before w- whatever to do <laughs> like what what does it involve right exactly i mean you know i guess they could have a uh, a a justice of the peace who doesn't know uh, about them you know who shows up and uh, notarizes it or something yeah or they, they not- get notarizing their, seal burst into flames or they get their friend who got his uh you know, became a reverend online or whatever, and it's a big joke. And sure, Jasper could do that. And he reads, "Oh, the places you'll go." And God, uh, <laughs> I would hope you've never been to a wedding where that gets read. Are you kidding me? I've been to at least three. Really? Yes. I thought that was like a uh, high school graduation. Uh well, that's you know, that's being coy and cute. Like, man, ugh. yeah. No, look, I don't. <laughs> all of them are divorced now but anyway um yeah so yeah we get we don't get alice's backstory but we do get in my opinion a uh contender for new said the robot pimp disdainfully oh you've got me listening so that was the line in tech war that we've realized made uh just about any sentence in all of literature better when you appended it to the end of it um and we get this though bella pondered this in silence I was sure it was difficult for her to comprehend. It had taken my family a while to adjust as well. I wondered what her next question would be. And then her stomach gurgled. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I missed that. I'm sure there's a dumb sentence of the week uh, submission for that. I would assume so. It's it's when he realizes they haven't eaten anything all day. But uh, I I pulled a couple... um, I can feel Peter press his forehead into my temple and ask, he asks, so now that you've got me, what are you going to do with me? I turn to him, put you somewhere you can't get hurt. And then her stomach gurgled. <laughs> um, 
And then I searched for uh, what is the saddest passage in all of literature, and this Ooh. came up. It is uh, a book I've never heard of by an author I've never heard of, Revolution by Jennifer Donnelly. So I'll just I'll read that. Why did you do this thing, he says brokenly. His eyes are bright with tears. Why did you give your life for nothing? The boy will die. You said so yourself. Now you will too, and likely myself as well. If the guards get hold of me, I am a dead man. And for what? What did you change? The light you made is snuffed out. Hope is trampled upon. The wretched world goes on as stupid and brutal tomorrow as it was today. And then her stomach gurgled. So nice, yeah, yeah. sort of nicely undercuts it. It it, it does. Uh, robot pimp stomach gurgled would be a nice mashup. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> um, uh, but speaking of stomach gurgling, she goes to they go home to get her something to eat mm-hmm. because of he forgets often about her human needs. Yes. What is kiss? What are humans? Uh, yeah, so he he brings her home, and that's when the casual confession, I guess, around finding the key mm-hmm. to the house. Even though, didn't he pry the window open and put three-in-one oil on the sash and everything so he could sneak <laughs> <Yes>. in? <laughs> so yeah, I but I think he observed her from his car, maybe. Like, uh, maybe? I think I think that's why he knows where the key is. Okay, so anyway, anyway, that's the confession that he sits and watches her all the time. Yeah, he watches her sleep. And that's, you know, that's given just a little bit of a, oh, really? Well, what else am I going to do at night? <laughs> and that's kind of just, okay, well, yeah, you're right. What else are you going to do except <laughs> sit in a rocking chair in the corner uh, and creepily stare at my, every second of my sleeping and listening to me in my sleep. Right. So, th- so this is the they've they've spent uh, a couple hours alone for I believe like maybe the second or third time today. Um, and he reveals that he's been watching her sleep uh, for for weeks at this point in time. Uh, I mean, you've been married for over twenty years. I've been married for ten. Uh, if you just sort of casually <laughs> mentioned to Bridget uh, tomorrow that uh, you've spent the past three weeks. Uh, sitting by the bedside watching her sleep what would, would she say huh let's let's get some lunch i think she might be rather disturbed i think she would not playfully punch my shoulder and <laughs> ruffle my hair or chuck my chin as they say and go let's get something to eat yeah yes. i think it would be a little what on it earth would be is a little darker than that yeah um but yeah he says are you very angry with me and she says that depends and uh so he's wondering what uh, you know what that means, um, but he says I was disgusted by the thought that she was reserving judgment until she knew exactly how offside my lurking had been. Did she imagine that I was as depraved as any peeping tom? That I'd leered at her from the shadows, hoping for her to expose herself? But she, of course, is just concerned about what he heard her t- her saying in his sleep, which is a uh, you know that's the the least of anyone's worries. I would say uh, the uh, <laughs> that he's leering at her from the shadow, hoping to expose herself would probably be 99.9% of anyone's concerns when they reveal that someone's been watching them sleep. Yeah, you, you, you can have at anything I say in my sleep is I'm an open book because right. most of it is gross noises. <laughs> right, yeah. There's not going to be a lot of revelations, Yeah, at least for me. I've, I've, known, uh, I've known people who do, uh, you know, do the mumbling thing. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I, I, don't, I don't think you can count it as any kind of truth or anything. I don't know. Yeah, I'm that's not, old, it seems like it's only in, you know, uh, Shakespeare villains with things weighing on their minds or something. Right, yeah. I, I one time, uh, I mean, probably was, you know, 10 or something, wandered into my parents' room while they were still awake reading in bed or something. But I, I said, Mommy, where are the flowers? And they, you know, just, like, all right, let's get you back to bed. <laughs> I, I guess that is like a creepy thing in retrospect, like a la, 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 la. But, uh, wow. You know, and again, was that wasn't weighing on my mind or anything. I had a uh, I had a roommate for a brief period of time, and you'll understand why it was brief when I when I say this. That he he would uh, get pretty lit up, kind of in the middle of the day, and come and take naps at like five. <laughs> naps. And, yeah, well, yeah, he'd cr- yeah. pass out. And one time, I was sitting watching TV, and he woke up fully. He kind of looked at me. I was like, man. Seems like you you okay now? <laughs> he kind of shook his head and he walked over to our shared closet, opened it. I said, "Can I help you with something?" Kind of followed him over there. It was slightly strange to just wake up and look in this closet that was like coats and shoes and things, and unzipped and uh, just started weeing all over our shoes. <laughs> in a de- and I was just yelling his name. Right, yes. If I said his name, everyone would know who it is. An unusual name. Uh-huh. And uh, and then he just finished his duties, went and laid back down, and fell dead asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, and I was just screaming like you. And I was you know obviously enraged at this. So, yeah, uh, because it's like you know once you're once you're up and walking around and at a normal time of day, it's hard to imagine that you're you know you know hammered to the point where that's going to happen. Well, it's the hammering. How can you put it? You're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't stumbling around. It was like he just walked over. It seemed fine. Anyway, yeah, uh, I didn't. I did not learn anything from that, other than that I don't want to be his roommate anymore. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah, there was no revelations. It was just <laughs> this guy's a a hole. Yeah, but he does reveal that he's been hearing her say his name in his sleep, and he just says, uh, "Don't be self conscious. If I could dream at all, it would be about you," which is uh, which is cringe, as they say. Yeah. Hey, I'm listening to you in your sleep and you do say things. Don't be self-conscious. You, weirdo. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sitting in a corner. Yeah. Yeah. I put a motion sensing camera in your toilet. Don't be self-conscious about that. What? Like, what are you? Why are you embarrassed? That's everybody been, does. I mean, come on. I've invaded the most private and intimate moments of your life. And now I'm telling you about them uh, in your in your own house. Um. So she makes some food, and here is the, you know, the the creature who cannot understand these weird humans, these mortals and their strange ways. I could smell oregano, onions, garlic, and tomato sauce. <laughs> Something Italian. Wow. So, yes, I have no concern for eating. I don't care, but, uh, oh, is that... Uh, anise or is that more like it no that's probably that's probably an italian spice mixture so i'm getting a little of the rosemary and like why is he right does he watch the food network and just sort of not appreciate it like uh ken beatrice with arby's curly fries i guess so i i thought briefly of to pull in something very very old johnny longbone stew oh yes Uh, yeah that's (laughs) which as a small moment from an inconsequential movie from the Mystery Science Theater days that had us obsessed on it. 
And I it think when a, I showed you, I was like, well, this is going to be another one of those things where... You build it up too much. We way it. built it up. Yeah. And then you watch it. You're like, no, I can see. <laughs> he did seem... He seems sort of irritated to have to name all the ingredients in his stew. Yeah, he just says like, what is it like? Uh, corn, potatoes, <sighs> onions, chicken, <laughs> onions. Look, I. <laughs> yeah, no, that one's built up, and it was the sort of thing that was like, yeah, if you just, if we had had the means to uh, explore that more, that's the sort of thing you you do want the opportunity to drill down on. Because in real time, you can't be like, let's rewind that and uh, explore right. why he might be so irritated about having to list the stew recipe. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so she's making Johnny Longbone stew, and he's just sitting there. Uh, Charlie, I assume, is, is Charlie's off fishing, right? Yeah, but he's coming home They uh, at, at some point in time. I sort of I glossed over the, the heating and eating, but uh, they do hear his car drawing closer. Uh, and the thoughts of the driver were very quiet, <laughs> tired after a full day, looking forward to the promise of food and comfort that the warm <laughs> lights in the windows offered. <laughs> it's going to turn out in a in a shocking twist that he is the bear that is pursuing. Uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. The, the, he desired berries and fresh salmon. <laughs> he ate only the eggs from the salmons he pulled from the river because they were the most nutritious as he stored up fat for the winter. <laughs> the uh there is a we did a meme contest on the Patreon and uh the uh winning one of the winning entries was they they changed the name of the book and the cover to Midnight Beer Run and it's Twilight is told from Charlie's perspective. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> the, the, the chapters are uh one, the proper way to season a salmon. Two, jigs. What are they and how to use them? Three, talking about geopolitics over brewskis. Four, ex-wife problems. Five, meeting the daughter's boyfriend. Six, shopping for some khakis. And seven, my favorite is NCIS. Damn, that's a good show. <laughs> so so dad boner. Yeah, basically. precisely. But yeah. with less of a... Uh, Less of a focus. I guess Charlie gets, uh, he's, he's always drinking Rainier's in the book. So I guess he is getting, uh, getting hammered with his best friend, Dave. Yeah. Uh, yes, I pulled that out too, but I don't want to skip over. There's a super blush. And I just wonder okay. if there's a medical person out here, there who can, because we need to continue to diagnose her problems. Uh, no, she gasped. Blood washed into her cheeks. Okay. Normal. Okay. And didn't stop there. Coloring mm. even her forehead. God, is it going to like rush out of her mouth like the elevator in The Shining? I yeah, she's going to start doing the sprinkler head of blood. I I don't know what's going on there, but uh, that's just not a thing. No, it's it, at some point I think also he reveals that he can like feel the heat from her blushing too. Uh, well, the blushing thing is to me the college professor who clears his throat in mid sentence every when you notice it, it's just like God. Mm -hmm. Stop it! Uh, the the blushing has become that to me. You you seem you are glossing over them, which is the wise choice. Yeah, sorry, but they're uh, raspberry seed in my wisdom tooth. So yeah, mm -hmm. or like uh, you know, if you the the first acting class, only acting class I ever took in in college. That you know, it's like you know, give your character something you know something to do, just so you know, and you know, so people are like either scratching their arm or. Uh, you know, shuffling a deck of cards, and it's like that. It's like, all right, well, that's not all you can do to establish a character, quote unquote. There needs to be a little bit more than just constantly blushing. You need to uh, do the the actor thing. That was man, it had a good run. It, it start. I don't know when it started, but uh, smoking and then pretending to pull a little bit of the tobacco out of your mouth after you take the first. Oh my pop. god! <laughs> if you see that in movies, you can't. 
it, it's it's lasted well into the 90s, maybe into wow. the 2000s. Long after filtered cigarettes had made that a thing that just would not happen in any way. But huh. anyway. Was it in Charade? Did, in Charade, did uh, Audrey, Audrey Hepburn take off the filter or was that something else? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. She No, didn't she have a little holder? I assume. Uh, maybe there was another movie we did where someone took off the filter of something. Yeah. Um, Newton comes in. Mike oh, Newton yeah. looms large. <laughs> I thought maybe that Mike Newton, you said he was friendly. I hadn't expected that. A sharp blade of anger twisted in my chest. Not anger, I recognized jealousy. I wasn't sure if I'd ever disliked anyone quite so much as that pointless, insignificant boy. <laughs> I mean, Newton is maybe a notch above Charlie, like, and, and yet he is just vexing this, yeah, right, this superior creature. Yeah, he, they've spent all day together. They've, you know, she's talking about him in her sleep. Uh, you know, you've won, man. It's over. <laughs> like, it's, uh, you know, it's Tom Brady hosting the Super Bowl trophy and then being like, God damn, Matt Ryan. Like, I, I can't believe it's like, you know, you, you, the game is over. You, you're the champion. Newton is, is currently like against the uh, gym wall. Two of his friends are holding his legs up over his head and he's trying to light a fart. <laughs> like, <laughs> that boy, that insignificant boy vexes me. Yeah, but it, that it, that was Charlie. Uh, he was Edward had retreated the room, and Charlie was like, you know, trying to have some father daughter time with Bella, and so that he was pushing Mike Newton. So yeah, maybe he sees a little of himself in him. Oh, that that could be that, that boy. <laughs> he's a good egg. Good. Yeah, I'd like saw, to uh, jig a jig a uh, worm off the bottom with that kid. Yeah, Charlie's the guy buying a beer outside of the uh, come and go or whatever. Uh, so then they just start what now becomes, this is a nauseating new, uh, new development in the book is just the, the touching and the making out, mm-hmm. um, in, in the field, they laid near each other. I guess there was a ton of, there was sort of touching and feeling skin and everything. He like laid his ear on her over her heart and listened to her heartbeat for a long time. <sighs> yeah. Now, but this is just coming fast and furious now, but he says this. Uh, the physical pain in my throat had never eased in the slightest, though it did nothing to take away from the pleasure of touching her. Mm-hmm. So I tried to like, what would that be like if, it, like, if I was eating a really good apple, while at the same time someone was sawing off my big toe? <laughs> would I be like, you know, it's yes, it's searing, searing pain, right? But this is a crisp apple. This is, uh, you know, the one there. <laughs> Or you take the bite and it kind of flakes off and like a crisp little, it almost shoots into your mouth. And no, there's juicy. nothing better than a, than a crisp apple. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think that searing pain might be, uh, <laughs> might tend to overwhelm it. <laughs> Brother. Yes. Well, she's sort of, uh, this might shed some light on that. Uh, her laugh faded and a hint of worry line appeared between her brows. How can it be so easy now? This afternoon... And then he's, uh, he sort of explains, he says, though we were more, because this afternoon was when he, uh, you know, flipped out and uprooted trees and, and, you know, punched a hole in a mountain and drank a whole lake because he was so angry. Right. But uh, he, he says, though we were more in sync than we'd ever been, I had to remember that her afternoon in the meadow and my afternoon in the meadow had been quite different experiences. How could she begin to understand the kind of changes I'd gone through in those hours we'd been together in the sun? 
And I was just like, yeah, I mean, please explain, because they, they really don't make a ton of sense. You're <laughs> you're right. a horrible undead ghoul that was going to drain her until you, you know, ate a whole bear. And now you're like uh, lovey-dovey in bed listening to There's a Possibility. Yeah, this is, uh, if there was a, a boyfriend, just put him in the human context. The guy who, you know, goes to the bar, does a bunch of shots, and then uh, punches a bunch of parking meter, the glass mm-hmm. out of the parking meters. And then calls her and screams Bella and then comes over later after you're sobered up. Sobered up. It's not I like, love you, you bitch kind of thing. Yeah. You, you don't. This is not the, a good start. You know? <laughs> right. You don't assume it's all smooth sailing from now. He went through some stuff, but he's good to go. Right. It's all just romance and joy from here on out. Yeah, but that's even if the guy, uh, if the guy who punched the parking meters and, uh, you know, slapped a police horse had also said, I have a strong desire to kill you and drain your yes. blood. You know, usually they don't say the quiet part loud like that. That's true. But then he offers this explanation. He just says, uh, mind over matter, I said again. And then she says, wow, that was easy. And he says, easy for you. And so uh, they've they, they've hand-waved that over. He just has used mind over matter. And uh, and now he can lay, lay next to her and, and, and smooch her arms and stuff without uh, without wanting to kill her. Also, kind of a dick move there. Like she, he says an easy thing, mind over matter, no big, no big deal. Right. Oh, sounds like no big deal. Well, yeah, for you, God. <laughs> right. well, yes. you, I, I'm just repeating. I'm just sort of agreeing with you. <laughs> you ass. Right. Uh, we're still doing this, by the way. She leaned away from me, and I froze on guard at once. Oh. Had I crossed a line? Oh been God. inappropriate? Yes, well, you have, but she's willing to accept you after that. So I don't think yes. whatever you did here is going to be a big deal. We are well past the halfway point. <laughs> you can't be doing this. Right. Ugh. I mean, I just, do we not lo- read enough of these? Is this, does this happen in every single one of these novels? I mean, that has to be a, a staple of the Hallmark movies you watched, right? Where they, they fear that he's done the wrong thing and there's a misunderstanding. And so they don't see each other for a week or something. Oh, those are, I mean, on Hallmark, that would be a little too tense. The the, the third act <laughs> separations last just mere minutes because the tension is too much. Okay, like a like a missed, missed cab or something like that, and then they reunite um, at the destination. Yeah, the, uh, the coming into the dance, you know, holding flowers, and then seeing her uh, with the guy that she used to be with, and that guy had, you know, pulled her close to kiss her, and then he walks out, and then she, like, pulls away. What are you doing? Right, okay. I'm in love with another man. And then <laughs> three minutes later, like, but I saw you. I was breaking up with him. That's about as far as it goes. Nice, nice. Have they started to roll out the new crop of those yet? I mean, this season has got to be, that's got to be the day Halloween ends. They've rolled yeah. to start. I've taken I've taken a little bit of a break. I'm mostly uh, match game focused now. So. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> those so. Yule Gibbons jokes ain't going to hear themselves. Either. Right. If dumb Dora ever meets uh, dumb Donald in a uh, quaint Vermont town, well, uh, that'll be the uh, the crossover that we've been hoping for. Uh, if, by the way, if anyone is also following along, and I assume most of the audience is on Match Game, um, Brett Summers is a very annoying person and and really, really, really dumb. Okay. Really, really dumb. Wow. I yeah. Mean, she she I, repeatedly says, "Now, what is what did you say? What does that mean?" Like you know, 
dumb Donald went in and pulled his pants down and sat down on the blank. What? I don't, what? What am I supposed to, I don't get that at all. Someone explain that. I just want to interject here, Patreon, if you, if you were Brett Summers fans out there, if you stand Brett Summers, do not, please, I apologize on behalf of everybody. Do not cancel your membership. Do not, do not, do not write in. This is not a shared opinion by. by I don't care. Thing. We don't need those Brett Summers no, fans. On. I don't. I don't care at all. I'm. Staying. They're probably stupid too. <laughs> all right. Look, we got a lot to get through. These well, people we do. talking about Brett Summers. Come on. Yeah. Um, uh, he says that we get we get into slight uh, the Mister territory here. Uh, he says that suits me. Bring on the shackles. I'm your prisoner. I wrapped my hands around her delicate wrists as I spoke. Uh, but that doesn't really go anywhere. They just do a the, the 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 lightest the lightest hint of the uh, of the bondage, um, and then and then move on for it between the seventeen uh, year olds. The uh, Fifty Shades, just a sousan of Fifty yep. Shades there, and then yes, okay. Yeah. Um, um, here's a little uh, a correction of her own hyperbole. Bug the hell out of me. But even if she wasn't like a sister to me, even if Emmett didn't belong with her, she w- could never have one tenth. No, one hundredth of the attention oh. you hold for me. <laughs> God, <laughs> I, I, I get if you're using a big number, that's, that's sure close enough, right? No, one hundred. No, wait, wait, no, se- one in seven thousand. No, wait, wait, it's maybe big. No, a little bit smaller. One in. I, I turned away as she did the mental math to calculate how much that <laughs> yes. would be. But then, yeah, so this is where he says, uh, I, I, it wasn't as if I could deny Rosalie's exquisiteness, uh, but it was an unnatural heightened thing, sometimes more disturbing than attracting. So again, uh, readers or listeners, you could tell us what that might mean to you. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like she's one of those people who has had so much plastic surgery that their faces, you know, resemble like the mask of an attractive person because he doesn't say that. He says she's actually beautiful. So that's, you know, that's what I would think about in that sort of thing, but. But how, I guess we need a chart for that. Um, think of all, some of the, the heroines of our book. Who who was in uh, Digital Fortress? What was her name? Oh, yeah. Susan Fletcher. Susan Fletcher. Yeah. Yeah. The hottest woman alive. Um, and of course, uh, Anastasia. No, what's her name? From, oh, uh, yes. Alicia. Alicia. Constantly Liriana, described. Of course, yes. Alicia and, and uh, this one seem to be described kind of the same, like. One second, just like blazingly, you know, hot in the sort of, uh, you know, supermodel mm-hmm. early, you know, sort of shapely hot. Uh, but then also like drowning in a sweater and tiny wrists and <laughs> where you can't figure out like, what, how is this working? Is it sort of Zoftig or is it, you know, a Rubenesque? What are, what are we getting at here? Right. Uh, yeah. I, I think just, you know, yeah, Ima- imagine uh, your your favorite hot Hollywood actress, and this is probably what we're going for here, is sort of what they're, uh, what they're getting at with all these women in these books. But then his sister is uh, hot in a different way, but we're just supposed to know what it is, I guess. Impossibly uh, yeah. hot. Yeah, exactly. Too hot. Uh, <laughs> right. But, you know, uh, but then again, you know, uh, she off puts all the, the boys in the high school because, you know, when Bella walked in, they were she was getting all the attention. And as opposed to, um, you know, the, the woman who's already been at their school. But I guess she's taken by her brother. It's it's hard to it's hard to comprehend. It is. But um, but at least we get this in the middle again, more than halfway through. Hisses Bella. I've decided what I want to do, she announced. I waited eagerly. 
I want to hear more about you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dear God. I, I just, I, I think I wrote no with approximately nine O's <laughs> at the end of the no. So that was, they were on the verge of getting, getting sexy here. He says, so if you don't want to sleep, uh, I asked, uh, was I selfish? You know, he says, if I don't want to sleep, she echoed, what do you want to do then? And then she says, I've decided what I want to do. And that's where sort of the, uh, the baseline starts kicking in. And then mm-hmm. I want to hear more about you record scratch. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's amazing. Truly amazing. Just do the uh, the eHarmony profiles. Those are exhaustive, right? And just hand them to each other and just be done with it. I've yeah. answered that question. I have answered that question a hundred times here. Check <laughs> check 98A, okay? That's that's where I said. Right. And do, do people really do that? Do you, do you just sort of like learn about people through like the course of actually living your life when you're in these situations? Like when you put on music in the car or were you... Um, it just seems like if you, grilling someone about what they like to eat, or I mean, not in his case, obviously, you would probably not be able to to think of all the things you like to eat. But if you saw it on the menu, you'd be like, "Oh, I love this," and you'd be like, "Oh, you do? Cool!" Like now I know that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, isn't that sort of famously a thing that a, a guy on a date doesn't want to hear? I just have so many questions. I can't wait. I was like, "Oh, bully!" Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, but then, uh, so he 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 keeps going with this. So again, they're 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 both. He's he's grabbed her by her wrists. He's what did he say? Uh, bring on the shackles! I'm your prisoner. Uh, they they've already kissed today. And then uh, she says, "Why do you do it?" Uh, she breathed quieter than before. I still don't understand how you can work so hard to resist what you are. And then he so he rattles off this um, as opposed to just you know taking his shirt off and and getting down with it. That's a good question. And you are not the first one to ask it. The others, M-dash, the majority of our kind who are quite content with our lot, M-dash, they, comma, two, comma, wonder at how we live, period. But you see, just because we've been, uh, ellipses, dealt a certain hand, ellipses, it doesn't mean that we can't choose to rise above uh, M-dash to conquer the boundaries of a destiny that none of us wanted, to try to retain whatever essential humanity we can. And I would just like, so if that's a scene in like a... Uh, uh, Cinemax movie where like you know the guy shows up and he's like you know I guess someone ordered a pizza and she's like I don't have enough money to pay you and he's like all right well the others the majority of our kind who are quite content with our lot they too wonder at how we live like etc etc <laughs> Bob Crane uh, type of thing she's uh you know doing the scanning his face like is this a bit uh, are you, <laughs> right. where is this going to land? What, what, how am I supposed to, am I supposed to right. jump in on this? Should uh, I be unbuttoning my shirt or like, what is, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, that, that was like a whole paragraph of text that he chose to, uh, chose to un- unleash on her. Uh, the amount of scrolling I did for trying to get to that point, because I kind of, I'm just looking at my notes, uh, where they're just laying, I assume just laying on the bed or whatever they're doing. It's just shocking. It's just <laughs> page after page after page. But at least it does yield a hint of his cosmology. Oh, he yeah. He says just in the middle, if you don't believe that all this world could have just happened on its own, which is hard for me to accept myself, is it so hard to believe that the same force that created the delicate angelfish with the shark, the baby seal, and the killer whale could create both of our kinds together? Yeah. So, okay, there is a creator. Yeah, and, that's what and he created believes. vampires and <laughs> and their prey. 
<laughs> okay, I'm glad they they got down to a little bit of bedrock there. They quickly uh, moved past it, but uh, yeah. Again, you're you're exploring his viewpoint, so that should be the uh, uh, the the vampire's view of the creation of it all would be fascinating. And I would love to hear Emmett's vision of maybe how this all got started. Right. But yeah, that would be a natural place to go. Ho, ho, hey, wait, 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 wait. So yeah. creator, so created, <laughs> you know, unmoved mover, uh, uncaused causer. What uh, what do we got here? You got right. big bang. Right. He, how how does it all work? If he's chosen to interpret some sort of uh, uh, passage of text from from one of the, the the big books that you know that other scholars think is one thing, but he chooses to interpret that as being about vampires and it's really vague, but that's how he reads it. Uh, I've only, uh, I've only read the, the book of Jeremiah. There's some uh, stuff in the middle there. That's uh, pretty vague. I, I think that's where they are. <laughs> if there's a, uh, and the rest somewhere in there, that's where he feels vampires, uh, vampires kick in. Right. But that was, that was pretty great to, uh, to just sort of get that. And then, you know, so, so yeah. ponder that. We'll talk about it later, kind of a thing. Now we're back to which Lincoln Park album is his favorite. So, right. Uh, so, but he's, as he's saying that, is he also thinking, you know, like he he has guilt for killing the people? Does that fit into the worldview? Like none of the pieces connect. I, why am I even? Why am I bothering filling in her? Role? Right. Yeah. His, his guilt about killing people seems to be um, that he was letting down Carlisle type of thing. So. Right. Um, okay. Uh, also, uh, in this in this time, as they're laying in bed, uh, horny but uh, soliloquying garbage at each other, Charlie does come in to check on Bella um, because he thinks that she's been sneaking out, um, and that's why she's acting so strange. So he has removed the battery cables from her car, um, but then he comes in to look at her, and she fakes being asleep, and Edward, I think, hides just you know uh, in the corner or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get this, huh? Was the only reaction I could read from Charlie. <laughs> and I was just like, I hope it's revealed that Charlie doesn't have any of the you know mental block that prevents Be- him from reading Bella's thoughts. I hope that he's getting a pure, unfiltered reaction right. here. <laughs> that really is all there is. Uh, yeah, that was great. And also the uh, there was like a slight bit of tension of Charlie like snuck outside. I couldn't tell what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, you know, that he took the distributor cap off or whatever, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is, you know, that's high level uh, James Bond stuff for Charlie. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they sort of get into what the other vampires uh, X-Men, X-Men abilities were. Uh, she says, why can you read minds only you and Alice seeing the future? Why does that happen? And, uh, you know, he's <laughs> again. Hand waves it away. I wish I had a better answer. I shrugged and admitted, we don't really know. Carlisle has a theory. He believes that we all bring something of our strongest human traits with us into the next life, where they are intensified like our minds and our sentences, our senses. He thinks I must have already been very sensitive to the thoughts of those around me, and that Alice had some precognition wherever she was. So she already had precognition, which is not a thing. But uh, that was amplified into her secret vampire fa- power, which are also not a thing. Yes, and I, I love that we later learn that Carlyle does a lot of theorizing. <laughs> it's it's mostly wrong, and in, in fact, <laughs> shockingly wrong at times. So this is just uh, this is a just so story, right? Just uh, like how did the camel get its humps? How right. did we get these powers? Well, maybe 
you know, in the when we move over to the other place, like that's the that's the amount of thinking they do about it. Yeah, that's I guess my so. theory anyway. Well, okay. they've spent so much time pontificating on the uh, on the creation of uh, the universe and vampires, as as indicated by his earlier um, philosophizing. So they don't have much time to look into these superpowers. Sure. Um, I, I have a number of these. Well, I have like a handful that I'm going to present to you. I want at some point, you know, you're, I assume, you know, life goes the way you plan. You and Lauren will be together for a long time. You'll have a lot of chances to say these things. And I, this is a thing he says to her that I want you at some point to pull out and say to her and see if you can okay. get away with it. If I was too hasty, if for one second I wasn't paying enough attention, I could reach out meaning to touch your face and crush your skull by mistake. <laughs> so you, you figure out the right moment. I will. I'll, and, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if she'd believe me, to be honest. I might have to get some sort of... Uh, cybernetic uh, Thanos-style glove installed or something. Do what you have to do. And, okay, uh, all right, fine. You can expense I'll... that if you need okay, to. Okay, great, yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was, a, it, I think that was as they were talking about, um, well, they, they don't actually say it, I think. I think they, they dance around, they because they, they, they're talking about getting married someday, because Alice, I mean, uh, Rosie and Emmett are, have been married several times. He says, I don't think that, that... I avoided the word sex because she did, would be possible for us. And he says, it's just that you are so soft, so fragile. I have to mind my actions every moment we're together so I don't hurt you. I could kill you quite easily, Bella, simply by accident. And then he goes on to grill her about whether she's ever done it, which she is sort of like, you know, stop asking me this, you weirdo. Right. And then she quizzes him about whether he's horny or not, Mm -hmm. which gets to one of the strangest lines. I may not be a human, but I am a man. Yes. I had that bolded. Uh, uh, huh? <laughs> oh, I should, Huh? Right. I what? Yeah. I, uh, uh, I'm going to need people to drill down on this more because we know that they do later have a baby. So, we're, again, we're not, we're not sure how this works. But, uh, yeah, very puzzling. I may not be a dog, but I am a cocker spaniel. <laughs> it, huh? <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if he's just like you know well i got a wang so you know what that means i don't you don't seem to need to do uh anything else that i do you 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 ate ate pizza and declared it gray mushy slop and and barfed it back up like a mother bird so oh sure. this, this gray mushy slop with the fresh aroma tomatoes the uh <laughs> oregano snipped fresh from the herb garden and the uh the hunks of fresh mozzarella cheese, which was made uh, in the traditional style. Oh, God. <laughs> I may not be a chef, but I am an uh, Italian uh, cheesemaker. Preparer I, I of food. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's all I have for the interminable chapter 18. Possibly the longest yet. Yeah, it ends with her. Uh, he, he puts her to sleep. She falls asleep. Um, and ends with her sleep talking, saying, I love you, Edward. So uh, if you had your money on her getting up and peeing in the closet on his shoes, that's sadly, it, it reverts back to her revealing her deepest, darkest secrets in her uh, in her sleep talking. Man, I wanted that closet peeing so bad <laughs> not to be. Uh, so chapter 19, should we dive in? 
Uh, sure, if you want to do that, or we could do fanfic too. Yeah, because of the short chapter 20, let's do fanfic now. And now I bet they bitching because my flow switching, trying to tell me what to write. I bought some fanfiction, can't they just be happy? I no longer have to face eviction that I'm living on my life, I'm living on my inner vision. Right? All right, this is uh, real or fanfic. This is where one of us, mm. usually, usually me, is challenged to uh, decide whether these passages that we're going to read right now are real from the book, from the upcoming chapters, yes, or whether they are fanfic, either written or discovered by our listeners. Right. And the rules are thus. We have five samples. They could all be real, they could all be fanfic, or they could be a blend of the two. Did I state the rules correctly? Brett Summers, let's go to you. Duh. Yeah, see, I knew it, you idiot. <laughs> Get off this set. Are I understand. You... I understand. I, I did it well last week, so I'm, uh, I'm ripping and raring to go. Yeah, you did it well. All right. Okay. Hopefully this challenges you a little more. Maybe this will, you know, the average, what do they call it? The return, return to the mean? Return to mean? Return yeah. to the mean. All right. Look at us with the statistics talk. Yes. All right. So here we go. Are you ready? Do you have a pencil at hand? I'm taking notes on the computer in uh, the Google Doc. Okay. This is numero one. Could a dead heart break? It felt as though all the cells in my body were dying off one by one as I sat her back on her feet. My fingers lingered against her face and then stung as I forced them free. Stronger than this, I reminded myself. I had to shut down all the agony so I could do my job, destroy the danger. I turned away from her. I thought I'd known what burning felt like. Carlisle and Emmett fell into step beside me. I took the bag from Emmett. I knew what the tracker expected, that I would be too weak to let her out of my sight. I cradled the bag as though it contained something infinitely more precious than footballs and hockey sticks <laughs> as I rushed down the front steps flanked by my brother and my father. Wow. Hmm. Uh, you know what? Uh, could a dead heart break, I thought was landed on thick in the beginning, but the phrase fell into step? I think that cemented it as real for me. Okay. Oh, my pen is... Sorry, my pen's not working. Brett Summers, uh -huh. fill, fill the time. Okay, I'm back. Thanks a lot, right. Brett. You did nothing for us there. <laughs> oh, number two. Ducking into the driver's seat, I wrenched off the casing on the steering column and twisted the ignition wires together. I can only hope the nitrous canisters were full. Okay. The, the gas tank was at three quarters, plenty more than I needed. The others climbed into the car. Carlisle in the passenger seat and the rest in the back, and the engine was thrumming eagerly as we reversed into the aisle. No one blocked my way. We tore down the length of the enormous garage toward the exit. I clicked on the heating button on the dash. It would take a moment for the nitrous to heat from gas to liquid. Alice, give me 30 seconds ahead. Yes. The descent was a tight corkscrew that spiraled down four floors. Midway, I ran up against the back of an Escalade on its way out, as Alice had seen I would. The way was so narrow I had no option but to ride its tail and try to startle the other driver with one long honk. Alice saw that wouldn't work, but I couldn't resist. Oh my god. All right, yeah. Hot wiring a car and pumping it with Nas. I think they took a uh, Fast and the Furious scene and, and substituted some Twilight names. Fanfic. Okay. Number three. And just who is this darling thing, Victoria purred. She gently slid her fingernails down the vein in Bella's neck. You, 
I began to rush towards them when Emmett held me back. Settle down, Carlyle thought. I knew he was right, but I didn't care. Does he know what's going through me right now? If only he, if any of them, had my telepathy for an instant, would they be able to settle down? I thought you (laughs) Cullens always thought you were above human servitude, Victoria taunted, smelling Bella's hair. About time you see its benefits. Maybe we should share. Maybe we could share. Sorry. Is this how Alice's vision became true? Would Victoria even know about Bella had it not been for me bringing her here? In my attempt to keep her safe, had I faded her to her doom? Wow. Um, I think that the dual settle downs might be uh, might be a little uh, wink at the podcast. I'm going to say fanfic as well. All right, Victoria. We did, I know that from the uh, from the movies, but she's an evil vampire who shows up later. So oh, I don't think that's cheating. I think you'd remember Victoria. I didn't decide to move. I was just there beside her, kneeling in her blood. Fire burned through my chest and my head, but I couldn't separate out the different kinds of pain. I was afraid to touch her. She was broken in so many places. I could make it worse. I heard my own voice rambling the same words over and over again. Her name. No, please. Again and again, like a record skipping. But I wasn't in control of the sound. I heard myself screaming Carlyle's name, but he was already there, kneeling in the blood on the other side. The words pouring from my mouth weren't words anymore, just mangled, heaving sounds. Sobs. Carlyle's hands traced from her scalp to her ankle and then back again so quickly they blurred. He pressed both hands to her head, seeking ruptures. He pushed two fingers tight against a spot three inches behind her right ear. I couldn't see what he was doing. Her hair was saturated with crimson. A weak cry broke through her lips. Her face spasmed with pain. Bella, I begged. (laughs) Uh, I'll say that's real. I don't remember what happens to her, but um, writing seemed convincing. Final. One, manners wore thin as the score fluctuated, and I wonder what Bella would think of us, Esme's warning notwithstanding. But when Rosalie shouted that I was a pathetic, cheating tool because I'd known exactly which tree to scale in order to catch her fly ball, and later a leprous swine tagging her out at third, Bella just laughed along with Esme. Rosalie wasn't the only one hurling insults as we played, but this time Carlyle wasn't the only person who wasn't. I was on my best behavior, though I could see this irritated Rosalie more than if I'd matched her trash talking. So it was a win-win. Pathetic cheating tool and leprous swine? I'm going to say fanfic. All right. Well, well, well. (laughs) You give me... You give me uh, the fan fix that you know you can uh, achieve, don't you? <laughs> How did I do? You got four out of five. All right. First one you Which... said was real. That, I forget who. Oh, I think I just found that. Okay. Second one, uh, the driver's seat with Hayden. Okay. Look, I had to take it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you only gave me a few. Uh, I, I, I forwarded you what came in. Uh, fanfic. Uh, settle down. Harris. Uh, three was the settle downs were fanfic from Harris. Oh, sorry. Harris found the uh, was a real one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I put okay. fanfic there. They did not mean that. Wait, so the settle down multiples were, were real? Oh, wait, no. Steven sent in the real one. Sorry, sorry. Okay, I, I had them out of order. Uh, so the, what Victoria was, three? was fanfic yeah. from Harris. Victoria okay. fanfic Harris. 
real kneeling in her blood. Wow. Bella, I begged. And then real um, was the one you said was fanfic was the last Leprous one. swine? Wow. Leprous All right. swine. Yes. <laughs> she's, uh, she's cheating, uh, throwing out Mr. Burns insults. Yes. So a lot of, uh, a lot of garbage coming up. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. But well and, done. And, but something happens to Bella. Hey, you know, I know the plot of the movie, so that's a uh, that's that's to my advantage. I mean, I'll try it again with a with a book we've never read before. You're damn right, you will. <laughs> Let's move on to chapter 19, home. But uh, yeah, so I guess a lot of those people who sent those ins were Patreon supporters, which is uh, at Patreon.com/slash/372pages. Uh, you get every episode early, as well as other fun bonus stuff like the meme contest I mentioned earlier. So uh, that's patreon.com slash 372 pages. It is a good time. And thank you, everyone who supports it for keeping the podcast going. Yes, indeed. And I would just say, so I have just the sketchiest of things. I want to credit the people who wrote the fanfic, but that's all that I had because they're sent to me sort of without the emails. Oh, right. I put the file. I put their name on the file, I think. Yes. So that's all I had. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. 19. Yeah. This starts with him. Uh, he, he leaves Bella's bedside in the middle of the night to go talk to Rosie. Is that correct? Yes. He says that he's going to sleep there and not leave her at all. Um, and she's like, can you, you know, sit here? So now she's totally into that. She loves right, it. Right. Yes. <laughs> but he is. In, I think we, we hinted at it at the beginning of the episode, but we didn't actually talk about their conversation. He wants her to come visit their house. Uh, and meet his family. So he goes to sort of uh, try to smooth things out with Rosie in advance of that. And it's a fairly long conversation, but it pretty much boils down to um, the thing where, like, you know, I, I don't hate her. I just don't want... I, I, I feel bad for her or something like that. She reveals that she hates Bella because I can't watch her do this. She has a chance for everything, Edward. Rosie whispered, her whole body rigid with intensity, a whole life of possibilities ahead of her, and she's just going to waste it all. Everything I lost, I can't bear to watch it. Um, So that last thing might be a slam on Emmett. But uh, yeah, so she essentially is like, I can't let her throw away her life the way that I, I I didn't throw it away. But if I could prevent anyone from becoming a vampire, I I must do it. It just feels (laughs) like... It just feel like there has to be someone who hates the idea of this. And so that's just, you're going to be the one who hates it. Sure. And we have to right. talk you into it. Right. Um, but that's the, uh, that, it wasn't that like, you know, she hates the person of Bella. It's uh, she just, you know, she, she can't bear to see her um, lose what she lost herself. That is true. Uh, before that though, I just, this starts with, again, we're, we need to get to the end of this book. We need to, but we're stuck with this and them waking up and talking mush to each other. It's like being slowly smothered with a marshmallow heap or something. (laughs) Oh my God. There was nothing left. I bet some people are into that idea. If you, uh, if you look into it, that could be a, uh, a rig type of thing. Don't pretend you don't moderate that forum. Uh, (laughs) Marshers. there, There was nothing left inside me that wasn't entirely about her. I remembered our first conversation, remembered thinking then that I did not truly have a life. That was no longer the case. You are my life now, I whispered. Though the sky was still full of thick clouds, the sun buried deep beneath the room somehow filled with golden light. The air turned clearer, purer than the normal atmosphere. 
We rocked slowly, my arms around her, savoring the perfection. (laughs) Plop, 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 plop. Noodles, raisins, corn. Johnny Longbone stew coming out. God. Right. It's just so painful to read to try to find this stuff in here. Right. Yeah. And I guess he's just going, she's going for that sort of like, uh, you know, uh, at the base of it, Romeo and Juliet type of uh, infatuation and romance descriptions. But it's just, uh, it's we, so long. We spent and, and... 45 pages in a field doing that. We don't need to, <laughs> and this is like, you're supposed to get up, get out of the house, go talk to the, to the, your sister and come back. Right. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't think that's going to stop at any point in time in this series. Uh, but when, a spectacular moment, though, when he does come back, mm-hmm. she is uh, she's fishing a box of off-brand Cheerios from a high shelf. Oh, uh, this was so good. So that, uh, um, so that leads me to your next quiz. Okay. These are all, uh, when I was, uh, when our kids were little, I, I grew up not having any sugar cereal. And so I overcompensated when my, when I had my own children and I did buy them whatever cereal they wanted. Oh, wow. Nice. I wouldn't do it again. I don't recommend it. I'm not saying it was a smart move, but, uh, you know. But they're so good. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we, we obviously we, we tempered that. But we did. I did buy them because I thought it was funny and it was my revenge on my dad, you know, making me eat uh, horrible like, blood yeah. sausage for breakfast or whatever. <laughs> anyway, so uh, real or, or fake brand of cereals okay all right you ready yeah um uh honey nut scooters <laughs> uh fake okay toasty o's real okay uh so these fruit- are like store generic brands yeah these are generic brands okay okay i have all the the information is real i will give you the true scores <laughs> uh fruity dino bites uh, real. I think I've seen those. Tutti Fruities. <laughs> Fake. Churros. Uh, real. Blueberry Muffin Toasters. Wow. Uh, fake. Marshmallow Mateys. <laughs> uh, real. Honey Buzzers. Uh, real. Uh, the B because the B they they're using the same B as honey nut Cheerios. Mini spooners. <laughs> uh, fake. Berry colossal crunch. Wow. Uh, real. Oat blenders. <laughs> uh, fake. That sounds terrible. Apple zings. Uh, real. Cocoa Roos. Hmm. Uh, real? I guess the Cocoa Puffs generic. All right, let me tally the score. Those are all real. <laughs> oh, wow. Those are all wow. made by Malto Meal Brands. Mini Spooners? Mini Spooners. What is the... Uh, I believe those are the the, uh, uh, the wheat biscuits. The Frosted Mini Wheats? I thought about that, damn it. Yeah. And what was the blueberry muffin... Blueberry muffin toasters. I don't know. That's past my time. I looked on their current lineup. My kids had the, let's see, uh, the uh, marshmallow mateys, 
The mm-hmm. berry colossal crunch is, of course, Captain Crunch. That's Captain, a good Captain Crunch one. with That's crunch berries. Good, yeah. good one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Coco Roos are a favorite as well. <laughs> so the Roos and Mateys, there's their kangaroo. So marshmallow Mateys and Coco Roos. So they're, oh, they're Australian, Australian themed, yeah, right? Australian yes, themed. Huh. So I believe well, the, the little baby does the Coco Roos, and the the mother is the marshmallow Mateys. Well, that's fitting. So when you eat them with a spoon, you can say that's not a knife. When that's not a knife. It. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, anyway, man. Well done. Well, very fun. We should do a quiz about uh, real or fake uh, Dr. Pepper clones. <laughs> that's also uh, very fun. My, my son, uh, my oldest son, was fascinated by those when he was a kid and would buy. We'd have to stop it. Uh, if we we're driving <laughs> through a small town. So he would check the <laughs> check the local flavor, local flavor. Yeah. So wow. he'll, uh, he'll do well. We'll call him up and we'll get him. Nice. To this. <laughs> uh, well, I want to I want to get to this whole par- passage because I found this uh, about one of the most entertaining things we've read because uh, it starts with him saying uh, it's just a little moment of humor. It's some fun we're having. He says it's breakfast time and she acts all scared. And because uh, he thinks she plays like she he means she's, he's going to suck her blood. Oh, but he yeah. says, I, I couldn't help but smile at her. I supposed if vampire jokes were going to become a thing with us, I could bear it. And just please, please do not let vampire jokes become a thing in this book. It is, it is not what we need uh, to, <laughs> as we approach the home stretch here. Um, but uh, so then they go down to get breakfast and uh, she, he offers to make it for her. Uh, but she says, that's all right. She assured me. I fend for myself pretty well. She raised one eyebrow and added with an arch smile. Watch me hunt. And then we get this description. Edward says it was enlightening and alluring to watch her in her element. I hadn't seen her this confident and at ease before. It was clear she could have located everything she was looking for while wearing a blindfold. First a bowl, and then, stretching up on her toes, a brand of off-brand Cheerios from a high shelf, spinning to tug open the fridge while also pulling a spoon from a drawer she then nudged shut with her hip. So he has really lowered the bar for uh, uh, what something can do to appear confident and at ease and done blindfolded. She's, she's, she's poured milk into a bowl of cereal. The, the guy who had plotted out the, uh, the deaths down to, you know, in under a second of killing his 27 Entire classmates class. is yeah. uh, astonished that <laughs> a, a young woman can pull a bowl, and a box of off-brand Cheerios from a high shelf. He's right, just yes. amazed. This I mean, creature we, we, from beyond the grave. <laughs> we go to the uh, you know the houses we stay at in Nashville, these rental houses. They're, they're different every time. So like maybe the first day, you're sort of pulling open a drawer. You're like, oh, I thought the silverware would be in here. Oh, it's over here. Pretty much by day three of uh, you know making lunch, you're like, I've got this down. <laughs> it is not a, uh, not a high-wire act to, uh, to pull out the right bowl. Uh, for your breakfast. Yeah, and he's trying to make it like, speaking of charade, uh, the uh, Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn is a famous movie. She's blind and she's tormented by these guys coming to like steal money from her. And so she yeah. busts all the lights and then it's the showdown, you know, like, uh-huh. okay, now we're in the same boat. Right. Uh, and she's able to navigate everything. That This is her getting, wow, she could have been wearing a blindfold to find the <laughs> bowls. Like, we, we've all hunted around in the dark. We could make it happen. I've poured a glass of milk at night. I'm, I'm probably fine. Right, yeah. But she's no, she's confident and at ease. And it also reminded me of the time where... Uh, 
where in in the mister he went to where was he from estonia or uh, no 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 uh Al- albania albania by the he said something he's like the airport was like you know there was like a donkey you know re- urinating in the in the corner and you know the tv was broken but my rental car was a revelation and then it's revealed <laughs> that it has like a cd player and like uh you know automatic windows or something it just that, that stuck in my mind so it was a basic car from 15 years ago okay what a revelation uh all right i'm gonna keep them coming this is another challenge you've got the other one you're gonna crush lauren skull here's your next one got it yep you'll have plenty of time to say this if it takes 40 50 years sure Okay, I'm decent, she said. There's probably going to be a time, you know, where she says that, you know. Sure, oh, yeah. Yeah, all right, ready to go to dinner. I'm decent. Wrong again, I teased. You are utterly indecent. No (laughs) one should look so tempting. It's not fair. uh, I mean, you know... the, the just pressing the button on the wall that says divorce, the divorce alarm, right, will happen immediately on, if, if saying that. Well, if you're you're going out to like a, a nice dinner with uh, her parents or something and she's carrying, I don't know if she carries like a clutch purse, but if it's got sort of a metal rim along the side of it, it just goes right upside your head immediately. <laughs> yes. Whack and leaves the little imprint it's like, oh, wow. What are you uh, saying? Why did you just say that to me? <laughs> uh, and so is this, uh, so she's just gotten showered, I guess? Yes. This is where she comes out with the wet tangles of hair. And, uh, oh, boy. He's... I hope her wet tangles of hair look better than the inedible looking slush that was a result of her, uh, her deft cereal preparation. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess maybe his skill only extends to the Italian foods. So yeah, like when I, she's eating the gray slop, he's not able to go, mm, okay, crushed oat bran, right. uh, guar gum, yeah. uh, sugars from both, oh, and safflower oil. Am I smelling safflower oil? You know, What's like, the thing they always put on uh, to prevent caking? There's a, <laughs> that's something that's always in a list of ingredients. Silicon dioxide to prevent yeah. caking? They always specify that. Like, yes. Like that's the one thing I was going to question. Oh, I'll but, uh, take mine caked. I don't care. Keep that <laughs> stuff away from me. They, uh, she, she was curious. She says, I mean, he said, are you going to tell Charlie I'm your boyfriend or not? Still looking down, she asked softly, is that what you are? And just to, just to put it out there, they have repeatedly said that they love each other. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I will never leave you. <laughs> right. I would, I would rather die than be apart from you. Uh, but then he said, he'll need some explanation for why I'm around here so much. I don't want Chief Swan getting a restraining order on me. Will you be? She asked anxiously, ignoring my mild joke. Will you really be here? And again, he has watched you sleep every night, and that was before you had even kissed him. So I think... Uh, I think his his intentions are pretty clear here. Right. And throwing out the stuff about Charlie, remember he made the shocking revelation earlier. I think it almost started a chapter or something. I'd never spent much time around the police chief. (laughs) Right. Yes. So, I mean, he's really, I guess he is really getting to know Charlie, man. He's a guy who'll walk into a room and go, huh. And walk out. Right, yes. I think uh, earlier in this chapter when he, he checked in on Bella, it said, uh, I felt confident due to his usual patterns, but also his murky but cheerful thoughts that he was going fishing again. So he's just a, uh, he's like a cartoon character from the 30s that's just like whistling as he walks along with his pail and fishing rod to go down to the uh, yes. to the river. Uh, and then we get to, uh, this is a big moment. Oh, my God. Uh, he kisses her. 
It's a super long description. Look it up if you need it. And then uh, she stops moving. You, she sighed with her eyes half closed, made, ellipses, me, ellipses, faint. She had actually stopped breathing to kiss me, probably in a misguided attempt to make things less difficult for me. (laughs) Again, she has a great number of undiagnosed conditions. This is not normal. That's incredible. (laughs) It's not only not normal, it's like she... I mean, she could have died, right? Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see any reason that she couldn't have. I mean, it's not like he is a uh, uh, knows the human art of CPR or anything like that. If he needed to restart her breathing, I'm glad you said the human art of CPR. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, but yeah, he also indicated he could crush her head. So if he's doing chest compressions, that's going to you know shatter her sternum immediately. Uh, I will point out that uh, I'm going to uh, play this moment. I'm play it live. I'll do it live. Do it live? Yes, this is the this is the moment captured um, by uh, by uh, the recreationist. I went to the dark web. There's a guy named Mel Blank who uh, recreated this moment. This is uh, Bella not breathing, and then Edward helping her out. So uh, let's listen to that. Breathe, stupid! Breathe! You forgot to breathe again. <laughs> <sighs> much better louie <laughs> so so there you go that's wow that's huh? bella yeah yeah so that guy snagged up the username mel blank on the dark web he didn't have to go for mel blank 420 or no no uh, he got yeah he got it right away yeah cool. <laughs> breathe stupid uh but yeah she says you made me faint and uh he said so much for being good at everything i muttered that's the problem you're too good she took a deep breath far far too good Get the hell out. I mean, just, uh, we don't need to, uh, <laughs> just, it just, it put me in mind of that. I've mentioned it before, but that, uh, that book, The Name of the Wind, uh, where the, 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 the male Mary Sue character, uh, gets trapped in this fairy realm and he has to pleasure this fairy woman so well that she lets him leave. And, uh, he does that repeatedly for a stretch of this book. It's just like, uh, I don't know what we think we need to do here, but we've all kissed someone before. It's uh, all, also all... the uh, the thing that she returns to again and again as they try to make it like an actual plot thing is that she's upset with him that he's so good at everything and that makes her feel so bad and she wishes that he had a flaw. and Like he's an undead creature. <laughs> he, he's repulsive, right? He's a right. murdering... <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, oh, you're just so wondrous. You're not an actual angel sent from heaven who's come down to, you know, you... Right. You are not blameless and holy. You are a murdering vampire. Yeah, you'd think that stuff like this would be just, like, always overshadowed by that uh, major elephant in the room. Um, like, if you're if you were harboring a, a fugitive murderer, and but, you know, at some point in time... Uh, kissed him you'd probably still be thinking about what he had done to be uh, end up in your house in the first place right Uh, i'm gonna subject you to it the blush count rises i'm very (laughs) partial to that color with your skin i told her that made her blush even more intensely wow (laughs) so she is like what do you call that when you have the cells that are uh you know chromatic cells where you know like a a lizard you step over a a certain leaf and just she can just do that she just has that 
Yeah, she's approaching W.C. Field's nose, though, at this point in time with the redness of her <laughs> of her skin. Like, that's going to be the constant uh, uh, color. She's like a, a cuttlefish, only it's not, you know, it's, it's not light, but she can just change everything at a moment's note. Her forehead, she can yeah. turn it red. Yeah. Or she's like one of those like wake up lamps that gradually, you know, like uh, simulate the sun rising in your room. But she's just, you know, the, the 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 regulator switch broke on it. So she's constantly just approaching like the actual, you know, tone and heat of the sun in her face. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. So then plot wise, they he just watches her get ready to go to their yep. house. Yeah, I didn't take any notes there. I, I did. I have a, a one that I like quite a bit from their actual drive to the house. Oh, okay, go, my next one comes uh, once they're at the house. So, what do you got okay. for me? This one's good because this had been this had been my big question too. Esme had excellent taste, so I knew the house was objectively beautiful. But would Bella see a structure that was trapped in time that belonged to another era, yet was clearly new and strong, as if we've traveled backward in time to find it, rather than it aging forward to us? Will Will, will Bella see that? I. I was just like I was up at night wondering whether she would see a uh, <laughs> just such a very strange, stupid way to describe them approaching their house as if Bella's going to give it a damn what the house looks like. Yeah, what this is the person who just minutes ago was slopping down off-brand Cheerios. I don't think you've got anything to worry about. <laughs> oh, this house! I have so many thoughts about it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I assume she must know. I mean, I guess she knows they have a couple nice cars. Um, if they've been alive for hundreds of years, my assumption would be, yeah, you've you've probably amassed quite a bit of wealth. So um, your dad's a doctor in the first place. So I'm going to assume it's a nice house. Right. So they they get there and. Carlisle and Esme are standing out front like it's a, I don't know, like a 1950s, um, you know, tableau or something in their house. And so this presents a sonic challenge for you. Oh, boy. This is uh, Edward talking to them. Carlisle, Esme, this is Bella. I wondered whether Bella heard the note of pride in my voice as I introduced her. Oh, man, this is not a, that's not, hmm, all right. Okay. Carlisle, Esme, this is Bella. <laughs> so there's just a note. There's a note of pride. It was and the whole was thing the, wasn't. And it was su- on the is. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's you know it wasn't sustained throughout. It was it was a prideful is. <laughs> mm. Well, let's. I go back with your scene partner and uh, work on that. And we'll should I hit the this maybe? This. Give it one more. Is Bella give it one more try? <laughs> Carlisle, Esme, this is Bella. All right. Prideful Esme. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, Esme is uh, is on board very quickly, and she 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 escalates her feelings uh, extremely quick in this first meeting. Over the course of maybe a page and a half, she got these reactions. Uh, I think she's all reading Edward's thoughts. I mean, Edward's reading her thoughts at this point in time. Uh, she strongly needs to settle down with these. She gives her uh, she she gives him a she's darling, and then very soon after, an I adore her, and then all the way up to she's perfect. Mm-hmm. And then Alice comes along and uh, says this out loud. She says, you smell nice. I never noticed before. And oh, she also says, Esme says, thank you for bringing her to see me. <laughs> right. Like she's a, a principal or something. Weird. Yeah. So Esme is in without a doubt. She has yeah. not a hint of this is the greatest person she's ever met. Right. And Esme, <laughs> we, do we know her? Ba- How old is Esme? 
I'm not sure. Just, she fell off a cliff, but we didn't know anything more about that. I don't know if she was like um, taking a selfie or um, drunk, or we just know that she did. She was on no, an no expedi- uh, on an expedition with Teddy Roosevelt or something. Right. Yes. And yet, Bill is the finest person she's ever met. <laughs> Thank you for bringing her to me. <laughs> this is a, I enjoyed this as well, just from a uh, things no human would ever say standpoint. <clears throat> Uh, Do you play, Esme asked, and I glanced over to see that Bella was eyeing my piano. Bella shook her head. Not at all, but it's so beautiful. Is it yours? So, like, she spotted a piano in this family's household and has asked a specific person uh, if it was hers. Like, we grew up with a piano in our basement, and if a friend ever came over and asked me if it was mine, I would be like, I don't understand. It's, It's here. Like, do you mean that if we're renting it? Like, it doesn't specifically belong to anyone. It's at the center of our house. There's a lot of, you know, coughing and shuffling of feet. And, right. and a truck pulls up, you know, Gary's <laughs> pianos. And the guy, like, looks right. through the window. <laughs> They're all like, get down, get down. Taps his watch. Yeah. <laughs> First of the month's approaching. <laughs> Gary's piano, Repo Depot. It's it's uh, kind of ours. Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're in possession of it at this moment. Do you need any more information? I hope not. Uh, speaking of cartoon characters, uh, we get this. Uh, oh, gosh. Who is this? must be Alice, right? Uh, then she ran, really ran, not in a human way, down the steps and hurtled to a stop just in- inches from Bella. So she she road runnered meep meep yeah right and did the <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's the uh, you know that's the Benny Hill run from the movie I guess you just sort of you dash like that but uh, I guess that's they're they're letting Bella in to their uh, how they really um, interact with each other but wouldn't that be there'd be a little off putting wouldn't it I mean you, I guess she's seen him move like that but it would be if someone just like appeared in front of your face like. Whoosh, yeah. Just inches from Bella, you'd be like, oh, um, <laughs> it's okay. Do we, are we doing this? All right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the cliche of, you know, bringing home a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend to meet the parents or something like that is well established. And usually you're you're on your best behavior. It's not uh, the, the dad doesn't, you know, greet you wearing a giant foam cowboy hat and uh, blaring an air horn or anything. Yeah. The brother comes in and, you know, snaps you with a towel or something. You'd be like, oh, Okay. Right. I don't feel welcome. I, hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this, this is odd. Uh, but he, he plays her, uh, he starts playing for her, and she's upset by that. Uh, be- uh, yeah, on the God. piano. Yes. Because <laughs> she's. He, because he says he's, it was a song uh, that she inspired or something? Well, no, he starts playing something that he had written already, and then he couldn't figure out. He was doing the thing again, like, oh, no. She's not liking it as much as I thought she was going to mm. like the thing that I'm playing. And it was because it was just something that was too impressive. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, he's too perfect, just like his kisses. Yes. So she was upset by the fact that he was playing, I don't know, was he was he playing the, uh, I, I, what is it, the uh, the most difficult piece, Ravel, like the spirit of the devil or the Nuit, I don't know what it is. Anyway, people play it, and you kind of go, all right, you impressed me, but everybody plays that because... Right, like like a Steve Vai solo or something like that. Um, Just like, you know, a technically impressive guitar solo. They're like, well, I don't want to listen to this. Right, yeah. So I guess he was doing that, and that upset her. So he starts playing his thing, and then he says, 
I found myself in the middle of the bleakest moment, the moment when the obvious truth was unavoidable. Bella was perfect as she was. Any interference from my world was a tragedy. Mm. So that that was in the music. That was the part that he's playing, <laughs> which is called that's serial music. It's called when you uh, speaking of serial when you yeah. uh, when you when you're trying to make something very specific, uh, you know, in the music provoke a reaction. Well, it's supposed to represent something very specific, and you Got know it. we've all heard that you hear something that's supposed to be. That's where Harlequin comes in and begins his mm. dance. I did not get that at all. You know? <laughs> but he's expecting this to be got by Bella. But I, I just had hoped that at that moment he was like doing variations on, you know, heart and soul or chopsticks right. or something. Like, this was the part where any interference from my world was a tragedy. Ding, What's ding, the... ding, 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 ding. Or the thing where you rub your knuckles along the black keys. Charlie's outside giving two thumbs up. <laughs> Sweet. Sounds great to me. He's good. <laughs> Play Steve Vai next. <laughs> uh, but then he, play, he says something that was inspired by her, which I took to be like, you know, when a, when a brewery makes a, 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 a beer that's like, this is inspired by, you know, Miles Davis, or this is our, uh, this was inspired by Metallica's Ride the Lightning album. It's like, you just wanted to name it that so that people would buy it because they like the album, like settle, settle the hell down. Um, but then uh, she, she shudders so hard as he's playing this that he could feel the motion in the bench beneath us. And then she starts weeping um, because of this piece she's playing. So this one hits home a bit more. Um, and he undergo, he sees her weeping and he does something that, uh, you know, if he's trying to convince her that he's just a normal dude that she shouldn't fear, this is, uh, possibly the least best way to go about it. Oh, well, by by the way, no, before you do it, just know that this is also on your list of things to do to Lauren before. Okay. In in your life, in your shared lifetime together. (laughs) So now continue on. Okay. Uh, one tear still glistened in the corner of her left eye shining in the brightness of the room, a tiny clear piece of her, an ephemeral diamond. Acting on some strange instinct, I reached out to catch it with my fingertip. Round on my skin, it sparkled as my hand moved. I swiftly touched my finger to my tongue, tasting her tear, absorbing this minute particle of her. And then a few sentences later, I swallowed Bella's tear. Perhaps it would never leave my body. After she left me, after all the lonely years had passed, maybe I would always have this piece of her inside me. And so I assume by the time he's done thinking that, he's got his eyes pressed closed, tasting her tear, and she has left a trail of dust out the door as he's, uh, you know, savoring her tear like a a snifter of port or something. Uh, I mean, in keeping with the the cartoon theme that this episode has apparently gone down, yes, there's mm-hmm. a Bella shaped hole in the wall with her arms <laughs> out at either side. <laughs> Amazing, the creepiest garbage you could imagine. Uh that would yeah, that would be great. And then you know, Lauren turns to you and goes, "What in the name of God are you doing?" And like, <laughs> I, what? I'm I, I'm just taking a piece of you and absorbing a minute particle of you. What? <laughs> God, okay, let's go to Applebee's. Jeez. Yeah, I guess yeah. I mean, I, so we, we so we love each other differently. Oh boy. Well, I... <laughs> All right. Guess I won't tell you about the other the other things I've absorbed of you over the years, okay? Like closes the drawer of her fingernails like <laughs> Have you been watching me sleep? <laughs> 
I'm sorry, okay? If I'm sorry if I read books for this terrible podcast with Mike and then want to enact everything in them. I guess our love language is just a little bit different. (laughs) Now let's go to Red Lobster before the space shuttle launch on Halloween. There is a space shuttle launch on Halloween this year. Uh, Get out. It is uh, Dale M. Courtney unapproved. Yeah, it's going to be very eerie. we got to keep an eye out for it. Holy cow. Yeah. That is very eerie. I shiver just ran down me so much that Bridget felt it in the other room. Oh, my gosh. Oh, SpaceX to launch next NASA astronaut mission to the ISS on Halloween. Keep keep an eye out. (laughs) Uh, So then we get into a little more... Uh, we get the hint of Carlisle. the Carlisle. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, I have only really one big note about that, but the, the, the backstory is he was born in London in the 1640s. Edward says they don't know exactly when because timekeeping was not as precise, but it was just before Cromwell's rule. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, he, he was with some villagers who I assumed what I were meant to envision as a, uh, Frankenstein torch and picks pitchfork mob to go out because a vampire was all around and they chased this vampire away uh, but he got bit by the vampire and so that turned him into a vampire correct uh, but it did have this very peculiar turn of phrase which multiple people wrote in about so we will share it in real time i think here uh carlisle had theorized that the vampire was hoping to drain them all but he chose self-preservation over a more bounteous meal grabbing the men he could carry and running it was not self-preservation from the mob, of course. Those 50 men with their crude weapons were more, no more dangerous to him than a kaleidoscope of butterflies. Mm-hmm. So that's a uh, that's like a match game-esque metaphor where someone filled in, uh, they are no more dangerous to him than blank. And then uh, Charles Nelson Riley said kaleidoscope of butterflies. And people are like, what the hell? Uh, no, of course they didn't say that. I said kaleidoscope of butterflies. I'm wearing a different shirt today. That's <laughs> why. But uh, I don't know if that's just vampires being bad with metaphors. Um, because it wasn't something I'd ever heard of. And uh, a reader named Hayden wrote in and said, this made me look up what a grouping of butterflies is called, like, you know, a pod of whales or a murder of crows. And he thought that, that maybe a group of butterflies is called a kaleidoscope. And when I read the sentence, it just stuck out due to my ignorance. Nope. A group of butterflies is called a flutter. And but then he Googled it and the phrase kaleidoscope of butterflies, the two hits. The first one was a writing prompt blog that used this term written in 2016. So maybe she found it too. Oh, those yeah. are the only two. Uh, I forget what the other one was. I think it, uh, I, I didn't jot down what the other one was, but uh, um, it's called lepidopterophobia and a kaleidoscope of butterflies by lisa on the fa- page lisa's Rytopia. good heavens <laughs> yep i don't know we should let her know that uh maybe uh there's there's no comments on it so maybe i'll let her know that uh, kaleidoscope of butterflies turned up in um midnight sun um yeah i, I do love so 13 pages lying in a field Six pages, eating a bowl of cereal. Uh, One paragraph. He was the only son of an Anglican pastor. His mother died giving birth. His father was intolerant. The Protestants came into power. (laughs) Persecution of Roman Catholics. Henry VIII, yada, yada, yada. Believed very strongly in the reality of evil. He led hunts for (laughs) witches, werewolves, and vampires. Okay. Question. Point of order. 
uh, vampires are real. So he believed in them because they're real. <laughs> right. So he's yes. he's on the right track, which right. leads me to go back a couple words. Witches, werewolves, he was on the right track there. He seemed like he was doing pretty well. Right. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, witches. I know that werewolves come up in here later, but are there are there covens of witches somewhere? I think. I, you know what? I don't know now that I think. I, th- I thought there was. I thought they were an enemy, but I may be thinking of some other world of fiction. But... Sure. Um, so he was actually doing something about it. So he was a good man. Right. He was gathering exactly. groups of people. But it just gets sort of like, a, well, he believed in all this garbage. Like, what? You are. It's <laughs> yeah, we've been, led to, we've been led to believe by popular culture that, you know, everyone back in those days was, you know, oh, my corn failed. Like, witch, vampire, all of the above type of thing. So um doesn't seem like he's doing anything out of the ordinary. Like, townsfolk were always raring to go burn something or someone. Right. Yeah, but they were. Yeah, they were. They were correct. <laughs> um, here's the. Uh, so this is sort of casually mentioned. Uh, this is Carlyle theorizing again about like vampire conversion. Mm-hmm. That you know, if you uh, okay. So when he created his first son, he chose to imitate his own wounds. He'd always felt bad about that, especially as he later found out that the method of conversion actually had no bearing on the personality and desires of the new immortal. (laughs) So he uh, he essentially tortured Edward for, I guess, a long period of time. Like, no, no, it's better this way. Don't uh, don't take that Advil. This is uh, this this is the good way to uh, you'll you'll be a better person for it. Like, oh, my God, I'm in pain. This hurts. Like, nope, nope, nope. This is the way. And then it it's would have all been over. like if you deprived your kids of uh, sugary cereal and made them eat blood sausage or something. <laughs> yeah. This is how I grew up, and it's going to happen to you too. Yes. And then when it's all over, like, oh, huh, I was wrong about that. <laughs> anyway, son, go fetch the uh, go fetch the car around, will you? Right. And then he's like the greatest man I've ever known. Yes. Uh, but that's yeah. all I got for uh, nineteen. Yeah, uh, chapter 20 is called Carlisle, uh, and it uh, sort of like picks up right as they leave off. Um, they go over to Carlisle's office, and he, he promptly leaves. He says he has to like go into the office or something. So maybe this wasn't the best day to pick to meet the family because they all seem to sort of just like be doing their own thing as opposed to having lunch or sitting down and chatting or anything. He says that he thought they did it to give them privacy, but that— they knew that they were meeting them. So it's uh, anyway, yeah. it's yeah. in a field for five hours as she's gurgling her stomach. Like that's, you know, privacy has been had and will not be an issue for the rest of the series. Right. Uh, he makes this observation and it's only in chapter 20. We were so different, though we'd once belonged to the same species. We shared only a few superficial traits now. Ugh. Yeah. Get get away from her. Why are you? <laughs> yeah, and they are superficial as hell. Like uh, listening to Linkin Park and uh, listening to the Debussy. Like, uh, yes. That was the other. That, yeah, superficial as hell. Yeah, literally nothing else. And so he's making a giant mistake. He acknowledges <laughs> it and just keeps plunging on in. So. Right. Um, well, yeah, so they, they look around Carlisle's office to his photos and awards and knickknacks and stuff. And uh, just sort of talk about a little more of his backstory. They say that um, he had tried to kill himself a lot once he became a vampire before he learned to live with it. And um, uh, he says, 
there are very few ways we can be killed. And she opens her mouth to ask the most obvious follow-up, but I spoke quickly to distract her. So again, annoying that you can't, uh, they won't fill us in on how that works. And, uh, but my favorite exchange was this one. Uh, they point out a picture. He says he left uh, England and, and, and moved to France, um, but says he says he, he swam there. And Bella says, he swam to France? She interrupted, disbelieving. And he responds, people swim the channel all the time, Bella, I pointed out. Oh, that's true, I guess. It just sounded funny in that context. Go on. So that's just a, a, a wonderful exchange by our lovebirds. <laughs> right. It had been, uh, yeah, we used to uh, we used to run from Knoxville to uh, New Orleans every evening. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it took us uh, 20 minutes. Oh, okay, go on. Yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, but I, I like that, uh, I, I puzzled this, tried to think about this. He looks at uh, the first one and he says something like, oh, the London of my youth, you know, 1650s or whatever. Mm-hmm. So is that is that his accent? I, huh. I know there's a lot of theorizing, you know, in the time of Shakespeare. What did a British accent sound like? True, yeah. Huh. And I believe yeah, could... I believe that they have settled upon the fact that it kind of sounds like a, the uh, an American accent now. Wow, where where they it's flatter and and that the uh, the British accent changed over time to sort of distinguish itself from the lower classes, the upper class accent. Wow, that's fascinating. So, so yeah, Carlisle holds the key. I guess Carlisle, you know, he's he's fine. He doesn't have to. Uh, but I was just thinking it was funny if he had to sort of suppress his, uh, oh, yes, the <laughs> London of my youth. I, I mean, the uh, London of my youth. Uh, yeah. Right. As he's, uh, yeah, as he's treating a bear attack victim or something like that. Yes. There's, there's nothing I can do for him, Rosal. I mean, uh, yep, nope, he's going to bleed out. Uh, hmm. Oh, well. Uh, but then they, uh, I liked this, too. They talk a little about the Volturi, who I don't know if we're going to meet in this one, but sort of uh, the Volturi wouldn't let him kill himself. But there's a there's a huge uh, just uh, insult out of nowhere when they say he was studying in Italy when he discovered the others there. They were much more civilized and educated than the wraiths of the London sewers. So the, I just imagine the, the wraiths of the London sewers just being like, we're just trying to lead our life, man. I mean, clearly we've been dealt a hard hand here. One, we're living in the sewer. Two, we're wraiths. Like, uh, what kind of civilization do you expect out of us in this situation? Yeah, so he goes over, he goes over there and there's, uh, you know, beauty marks, powdered wigs, right. frilly handkerchiefs. Foppery, yeah. No, he's calm at last. Oh, how right. wonderful. Whoa, this is way better than living in a sewer. Like, okay, well, that goes without saying. You don't need to rub our faces in it. And I do love that she trips rather lightly over, you know, like Carlisle's time in Europe with the sophisticated vampires. What what were they doing? Like what? How did their? <laughs> again, this is the stuff that should take pages upon pages, but suddenly it's just like uh, anyway. Yeah, he went to America, right? Yeah, if it was a book of you know short stories like fleshing out the universe, I'm not saying it would be good, but at least it would provide people new information. Yeah. So yeah, he he hung out with sophisticates for a while. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe it was just like a semester abroad kind of a thing where you really don't want to hear about it. Right, yes, like, precisely. Oh, did, were you guys talking about Italy? Oh, no, he, we just said that uh, the, uh, we saw a car go by. And, uh, oh, because I was in Italy for my uh, my second semester, my sophomore year. Yeah, no, we weren't yeah, we uh, talking about that at all. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm still on that time zone. Sometimes I find it hard to adjust being back. You've been back for two months. Well, gotta go. Bonjourno, you guys. Oh God. <laughs> <sighs> Um, well, Edward sort of talks about the time then that he uh, strayed from the flock and uh, it focuses on one main time in September of 1930 where he sort of like minority report, like uh, preemptively kills a guy that he knows is going to abduct a young girl. Yes. But he talks about this. I, I, I thought I just thought this was funny. He said it had been a very bad year everywhere. The humans struggled to survive bank failures, droughts and dust storms, displaced farmers and their families, flooded cities that had no room for them. At the time, I wondered whether the perversive despair and dread in their minds around me were a contributing factor to the melancholy that was beginning to plague me. It's like, well, yeah, I think that would probably wouldn't help if uh, there was perversive dread and despair everywhere infiltrating your every thought. That might make you a little little depressed. Oh, I I love the little touches of uh, so like the... uh... You know, the Hundred Years' War gets glossed over. The persecution of Roman Catholics gets <laughs> glossed over. The Fisher, the split of the church, the Reformation, uh, the the flu. Bobby Thompson shot her around the world. <laughs> the flu of 1918. And uh, the De- Great Depression gets uh, just a little, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was like banks were failing and stuff. Uh, yeah. Prohibition. Dorothea Lang took that famous picture. That was cool. Anyway, uh, let's have some more off-brand Cheerios. But yeah, I I, I sort of uh, um, skipped over the uh, part about him abducting the guy. I don't know if you have anything super uh, specific about that. Uh, No, it's, I mean, that one's kind of creepy. I didn't enjoy reading that. Like, he's going to murder a child. I thought it was going to be a slight misdirection, and like, he wasn't going to do that at all. And now he has to live with the guilt. Like, no, it's just... He <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but so edward killed him and realized you know he sort of then does the mind over matter thing again he goes i realized i was happier without human blood oh okay i i'm glad you're able to do that i <laughs> the people who you drained uh their life essence probably wish you would come to that realization earlier yes um but then they kind of uh so after all of that they he shows her his room yeah big moment and then he shows off his stereo system. <laughs> yes. So he's a he's a weird hi-fi guy. He's a weird hi-fi guy, but um, I, I like to push up the glasses and erm this moment since they're trying to make Ooh. it a thing. Uh, if if he's got uh, well, here I'll read it. Even as low as the volume was, the speakers hidden in the walls and ceiling made it sound like we were in a concert hall with the performers. I can pretty much guarantee you if you have wall-mounted speakers, you're not going to sound like a concert hall. <laughs> wow. Very inferior product. Not going to uh, not going to make the music come to life, no matter how good they are. Wow. Throw this book in the trash. Yep. I was on board until this point. That's it. <laughs> they blew it. Uh, I liked, uh, so that was, this is a, you know, a page after he spilled his guts about, you know, the murders he's committed, the... Uh, the child abduction and possibly more that he prevented. So weighty issues. Uh, and then uh, minutes later, how do you have these organized? She wondered, trying to make sense of my CD collection. My mind was so caught up by the pleasure of having her here. It took me a second to respond uh, by year. And then by personal preference within that frame. 
Oh, I, now I see that. I, I do. I do see that the Jimi Hendrix CDs are spaced out from the semi-sonic CDs by by decade. Okay, now I'm picking up on that. Now. How else? It would either be alphabetical or by that. I'm guessing. Right. Um, uh, here's my final thing, and it is a final challenge to you. It's a little bit longer, but you're going to have to you're going to have to do this to okay. Lauren before. Man, I've got a busy. You're going to be busy. You, you have <sighs> lots of time. I smiled, showing too much of my teeth. You really shouldn't have said that. She'd asked to see me hunt, after all. I coiled into a parody of my actual hunting stance, a loose, playful version. Exposing even more of my teeth, I growled softly. It was almost a purr. You got that, you got that down? <laughs> yeah. She started to back away, though there was no real fear on her face, at least no fear of physical harm. She did look a little afraid that she was about to become the butt of her own joke. She swallowed loudly. You wouldn't. I sprang. She wasn't able to see much of the action. I moved at immortal speed, launching myself across the room. I scooped her up into my arms as I flew by. I shaped myself into a sort of defensive armor around her. So get that in your mind, how you're going to shape yourself. So that when we collided with the sofa, she felt none of the impact. By design, I'd landed on my back. I held her against my chest, still curled within my arms. She seemed a little disoriented as though she wasn't sure which way was up. She struggled to sit, but I wasn't finished making my point. Anyway, sounds like a lot of fun. So, this guy's a real <laughs> card. Let me uh, let me go try that right now. I'll okay, be right back. Okay, all right, hang on. I'll uh, pause. Yeah, I'll uh, pause it here and uh, go do that, and we'll come back. All right, we're back. Okay, yeah, it did not go well. Ooh. We're going to need to wrap this up. Okay. Uh, hospital visit imminent. Um, yeah, I mean, I, everything you could assume went wrong. The bed shattered. Did you um, shape yourself into, uh, or put yourself into I, a shape of sort of a defensive armor around her? I, I mean, I tried, but I was more focused on the parody of the hunting stance, but she doesn't know what a hunting stance is, so she didn't even realize it was a parody. Um, so yeah, well, didn't bad she get it when you growled softly, almost a purr? But she thought it was purring, so she didn't understand that I was hunting like a vampire. And so, yeah, no, it didn't go well. Um, it's going to be bad news if I ever try to do the uh, you know, the crusher headline because does not trust me very much at this moment. Well, hang on. Let me – I think you got a couple of things wrong. I'm just going to press pause. I'm going to go uh, – Bridget just came back, so I'm going to go try okay, it great. on her. Hang on. All right, we're back. Oh, how did it go? I mean, I think it went well. She was. Uh, she had just that's come good. in from a, a book club, so she had a book in her hand. Uh, oh, that's a that's a wild card. And it was a, a is a pretty is a Mishner book in hardcover. Oh, she's reading Mishner at her book club. That's huh. Yes. So I took most of that across the face, and it ended oh, yeah. pretty quickly. I was not able. She must to have shape mistaken you for an intruder. I guess. Yes. There was no defensive mm-hmm. armor. It was as soon as I started purring, all of a sudden I just. I honestly went, uh, I think I passed out. I didn't fall down, but I think I passed out. Yeah, it was a while. For, you took a while before you, I, I had lunch in the meantime. For a few I took seconds. Lauren to the hospital. Yes. Yeah, it's so, uh, after lunch, of course. But Yeah, anyway. All right, well, all right. let's let's maybe cease these challenges. <laughs> it seems like uh, vocal uh, sonic challenges might be the, way, the thing okay. to stick to. <laughs> Uh, but then it ends with uh, with Jasper coming in and saying that there's going to be a big storm tonight and Emmett wants to play ball. So the uh, it ends with them saying you, we have to wait for thunder to play ball, and uh, we ba- vampires like baseball. It's the American pastime, and yeah, I just I was so disappointed that that's where this week stopped. But uh, that's what we have to look forward to the next time. This was, of course, a major scene in the movie, but I sort of assumed it was like 
you know, the producers being like, uh, most of this book is them like looking at each other. So we need some sort of action scene. And so they grafted this into it, um, you know, like a Star Wars pod race or some garbage like that, like a set piece. But I guess this is a major part of the first book and they're going to reprise it again in this one. I, I, this is the most puzzling thing. <laughs> I don't know. We talked a little bit about beforehand, but is this some analogy that I'm missing? Is it just a bad? I, it's just a bad joke, right? Let's just do vampire bat. I mean, that's that's first grade level. Yeah. If it is a bad joke, Occam's razor. It's her trying to be funny, and it's just not. But the storm. Why do they need the storm? By the way, she they come in and announce this, and they talk about we're, we got to go play. We got to go play. We're going to do this. We got to wait for thunder. She's like, "Will I need an umbrella?" Blah blah blah. It goes <laughs> on, and then finally she says, uh, "What will we be playing?" Right. Why is this your last question? <laughs> That's a very yeah. <laughs> what will we be playing? Yeah. What was she assuming the whole time? Will like, I need an know, umbrella? Uh, will Will I need a lacrosse stick? Will I need beer league kickball? Like w- uh, what are we? <laughs> the Mesoamerican ball game where the losers, uh, you know, get beheaded. Yeah, I, I the one uh, the, the the one they play in the mountains where they the go, they put the goat on the horse the goat carcass and then they try to steal the goat from the other team. Well, I need a dead goat is her question. Anyway, right because because they do strange. say ball, they keep saying ball, which you would never. I mean that you know unless you're you know uh, playing stickball at the same time that Bobby Thompson hit his shot heard around the world, you probably would would specify to your brother what you were going to play. Right. But uh, she does, to her credit, she does look at him skeptically. Vampires like baseball? Boing. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Loathsome. Well, so we do have that to look forward to. I, I am curious how long that is going to take up compared to the other uh, uh, action scenes like her making breakfast or um, him looking at her in a field. So, um, but exciting. To be clear, she's going to be watching. She's not going to be participating, right? Yeah, I don't think she's allowed. I think it would just be, uh, uh, it would be like um, having a five-year-old on your team if you're actually competing. Oh, uh, yes. Someone might reach out to tag her and crush her skull. <laughs> so That'll make Sports Center's uh, bottom 10 of the night. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there we go. Yeah, that was a hefty chunk, but uh, we still have some some emails to read. We're going to the party. We're going to the game. We're going to the dinner. Ain't gonna cruise out, man. We're stealing people's mail. Stealing people's mail. Stealing people's mail. All right. What do we get wrong, people? Tell us what we got wrong. <laughs> what do we blow again? Yeah. Uh, well, not too much, but people have written in to confirm some questions we had and to uh, share some uh, darkly funny experiences. So this first one is from Jeffrey. He says, so Twilight was, according to Goodreads, 501 pages long. This book, M-Dash, despite being the same effing story, M-Dash, is 662 pages long. Twilight was the shortest of her books. At this rate, her retelling of Breaking Dawn is going to clock in right at around 1,000 pages. And hey, why wouldn't it? It's not like she has a freaking editor or anything. So yeah, she's uh, sort of like our podcast length. It just keeps spiraling higher and higher. <laughs> we try to control it. I don't know what happens. I don't know what we can do. I know. Um, this next email is from David. I have just finished the most recent episode. It was great to hear about other people's stories of Lorenzo's oil. That's probably a sentence that's never been written before. (laughs) (laughs) I have my own experience with the movie. I taught high school years ago. I was the special ed teacher in a co-taught freshman bio class. My co-teacher loved Lorenzo's oil and showed it in class. I suspect this was because it took many class periods to finish. 
I had never seen the movie. Nick Nolte's Italian accent is truly amazing. He went into the movie thinking the Oscar was his. It is a masterclass in overacting. P.S. I have worksheets to accompany the movie if anyone is interested. Oh, I think so I, I told him, I'm very interested. Yeah, told him to please share those. We will post them if David sends them along. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this one is from Buckley. I talked about uh, I got a crown the other day and uh, someone else listened to one of our podcasts during their own uh, dental drilling. Buckley said, I also had a 372 pages dental experience. After a year of random tooth pain, I insisted to my dentist we do something about it. Good move. She reluctantly said, well, I can put a crown on it. What she neglected to mention was that it would require a root canal first. So the weekend before Thanksgiving 2017, I found myself in a waiting room, hands shaking uncontrollably with anxiety as I tried to fill out the paperwork exonerating the doctor of responsibility for the various painful outcomes that could occur. As the nurse began strapping me onto various head restraints, she must have noticed I was in full-on panic attack and offered me laughing gas. I vehemently agreed to this idea, despite knowing it would add another 30 minutes or so. I put my headphones in and started a marathon-length episode of 372 pages. <laughs> as the gas clouded my focus and the whir uh, whirl of the drill spun up, I relaxed as much as possible when a strange man is excavating one's skull. The drill got stuck twice, and when he was done, the doctor informed me he had chipped a neighboring tooth and would need to return at 8 a.m. the following morning to do the procedure again. Still not as painful as Pappy Pariah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. I've always wondered that, too. Like, you know, it, it, it's a tiny drill, and, like, your hands, it, you know, the other teeth are so close by. It must happen somewhat often. Uh, uh, yeah. Did you, uh, so for yours, you, you had the actual drilling, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was just sort of like a longer drilling. It wasn't like, I didn't, no, no offer to knock me out or anything like that. Did you have the, did you smell the smoke from your own burning teeth no i've 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 sort of smelled and tasted that before but not this time Ugh, that was the thing i still have a memory of that i'm i'm in con i'm in terror of dentists i go once yeah, every they, 10 years or something i wish they would knock me out that would be way more fun never but never i never have been knocked out <laughs> i'm glad that uh that buckley did not develop an aversion to us because like that seems like something that could you know mess you up in your in that state like just our voices gabbing about whatever right and then uh you know wh what was dream what was real like i can't i can't <laughs> listen to you guys ever again it'll put me back in that state right uh well this was a question you had last time about the uh oregon road system and we got several emails from milo mike and ian all wrote in to confirm to us what you were saying. Uh, I'll just read Milo's email. It was the first one I got. Hi, I just thought I'd weigh in as a lifeline Washington State resident. People here exclusively refer to interstates with the I in front, or sometimes just by number. Uh, examples, I-5 or 5, but never with the the. So he's got to say, I'm on Team Mike here. Oh, great. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, Mike said, when you hear that around here, you know you're probably talking to someone who grew up in California. Ah, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, the last email. This is from Kevin. Uh, he said, <laughs> his words, not mine. Fun story. Yesterday afternoon, I had the rather grim task of going to FedEx office to make copies of my recently departed father's death certificate. Uh, we extend our sympathies to your father, Kevin. On the way over, but you said fun story. On the way over, I was listening to the latest episode to cheer myself up a bit. I took my older car, which doesn't have a Bluetooth connection, and since I was listening on my new iPhone Sans Aux connection, those bastards at Apple, that's my editorial, right, not his, right. I was forced to listen to the phone speaker at full volume. I've done that before. Uh, I pulled into the store parking lot and paused the podcast right after the Mighty Ducks bit. 
As I was walking into the store, I stuck my hands into my pockets, feeling for my wallet in anticipation of using my card at the copy machine. I paused, hearing a nearby muffled sound, and looked behind me, absentmindedly pulling out my phone from my pocket. The phone, which was, of course, now turned on, and the source of the noise emerged from my pocket just in time to announce to everyone present, Hey, the dark web isn't all drugs and illicit sex stuff. The store was silent, and it was jarringly loud. I hit the pause button on the podcast and fled to the copy machines. I didn't dare make eye contact with anyone afterwards, and it seemed an eternity until I reached the safety of my vehicle. Thank you to provide continuing to provide laughter during what has been a dark year for so many. Oh, so, dear. I don't, know, I don't know where that rates on the uh, random samples you could be hearing out of here. I suppose there's probably been worse stuff, but also better stuff you could have heard us talking about. I got hung up on the fact that he talked about the Mighty Ducks of bit i didn't uh yeah it was just yeah, I, I don't know what that means i th- assume right. he's talking about your uh, attempt at scholarly uh recreation recreation yeah, yeah. huh yeah was well, <laughs> puzzling but you know we don't we can give him a break he's been through a lot um but he also adds p.s i would be remiss if i didn't take this opportunity to address an open grievance i along with a few other fanfic authors were never given credit on air for our episode 12 armada submission so this is a three-year simmering grievance he said, seriously, listen again if you don't believe me. I believe you. <laughs> Seems like something we uh, probably weren't giving credit maybe in those early days. He says, we were only one of a handful to make Connor squirm segments. And if my evaluation carries any weight, we were among the finest. So, all right, you, here, there's your credit. You got credit for episode 12 Armada fanfic submissions. Hope you're happy. Wow. Ending it on, yeah. ending it on a aggressive tone. <laughs> Be or him. Calling, calling him a jackal, basically. uh but yeah thanks to everyone who wrote in with their emails uh thanks to everyone who confirms uh your suspicions and shares the stories of their own discomfort and humiliation for our all communal benefit we're all in this together reading these books so um it's, it's always good to hear about other people's experiences i like i'm always a big fan of the random um uh you know room got quiet and i said x or (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or you know everything went quiet and why those those are I've I've had a few good ones myself so someday an entire podcast devoted to the things that suddenly got blurted out while everything right. got quiet is <laughs> always good deep shame yeah uh, all right well speaking of blurting dumb things out let's do conclude with the dumb sentence of the week a sentence begins with a capital letter a capital letter is a letter that's big a capital letter is not a small letter a capital letter is big 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 a sentence ends with a period or an exclamation all right you start i'm gonna search for mine i think some of them were burned so we'll see all right uh the first one we have is from amanda who submitted i didn't believe i would ever find someone i wanted to be with in another way than my brothers and sisters and she just submitted, huh? That's, it is sort of Bob Cranian in its construction. Uh, <laughs> this one is from Cynthia. Uh, I thought of pomegranate seeds for the first time in a while. <laughs> wow. I still can't. <laughs> can, that keeps coming up, but it's only mentioned in that same way. And I can't remember what the story is. It's forced in uh, Orpheus and I think Persephone go into the uh, underworld. And she leaves, but she eats uh, pomegranate seeds on the way out, so she has to return to him. It's the it's the ghoul, uh, you know, making this lovely girl have to come to the underworld with him. So yeah. it's a very, right. very ham-fisted um, illusion. Got it. Uh, this one is from IJC. Any normal teenager would have been out with friends, going on a date, or shopping, but not my Bella. 
And he she says, this is stupid because Edward clarified earlier it was past 10 o'clock at night. And they are in a town of Forks, so I, there is not much to do. Although I bet Mike Newton is probably uh, getting wasted in a parking lot. Newton. <laughs> uh, Janelle submitted, it's Saturday, he announced randomly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this one is from Mike Edward. She stage whispered, and Mike has a uh, has a has a long explanation about this, but I, I agreed with it, so I'm going to read it. The absurdity of a character stage whispering in a book is obvious, and part of me wants to apply Occam's razor and leave it there. But really, this may be the most Kleinian sentence in any book to date. The author was clearly trying to turn this into some kind of wacky moment of comic relief, and it wasn't enough for her to signal, hey, have you ever seen a movie where characters have to whisper to avoid getting caught? Imagine that. No, she also had to present it in a way to convey, also be sure to imagine it with all the conventions of a romantic comedy, because I don't know how to write that, but that's what I'm going for, so just envision it that way. Most Kleinian sentences only attempt to shorthand an image or character, but she's asking the reader to let the reference pretty much write the scene, and that is downright uber-Kleinian. Agree. Strong <laughs> agree. Uh, Harris submitted the kaleidoscope of butterfly sentence. Uh, Lucas submitted Charlie Rose not too long after I'd returned. And he said, the sentence itself is fine, but those first two words are unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew submitted, I had just mentally committed to total honesty, but I realize now that there would have to be limits. He said, telling Bella your age should not make you question your dedication to honesty, Mr. I watch you sleep at night while inhaling your scent. <laughs> uh, this is what I missed, but uh, multiple people submitted it. Heather and Hayden both submitted her heart thudded, sounding confused. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Hayden said, I know we had her heart throbbed wetly last episode, but at least that one makes physical sense. This one makes no sense. It conveys an idea that cannot be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I completely missed that one. Um, uh, Brad submitted, I was very much involved in the exploration of her moonlit throat. That sounds like a, uh, a robot wrote a, uh, a sentence about a person. Wow. I was very much <laughs> involved. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jay submitted, just because I'm resisting the wine, doesn't mean I can't appreciate the bouquet. Which is a, uh, that's another sort of gross, uh, you know, you can say that one to Bridget sometime. I think my, I, a creepy guy in my life once said, um, uh, yeah, I can, you know, look through the whole phone book as long as I don't dial the number. You know what I mean? God, I hope he's still saying that this day to uh, to more and more confused looks from people who have not ever had a phone book in their house. I wonder if like creepy guys like that and football coaches get together and just talk in those in yeah. those uh, weird short. I, I I hear what you're saying, boy. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You can't creep con. They they swap aphorisms. Yes, you can't lose until you've won, and you can't win until you lost. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, the last one is uh, Augusta, who submitted, I'd moved to the floor beside her bed when she'd begun her nightly gyrations. And they said, uh, the OED defines gyration as a motion in a circle or spiral, revolution around a fixed center or axis, turning round, wheeling, or whirling. So I guess Meyer isn't exactly wrong, but she's not exactly right either. <laughs> she's doing the little curly uh, whoop, 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 uh, running along the floor type of things. I guess just, you know twirling up her sheets and everything like it's you know spaghetti on a spoon or something uh-huh. <laughs> uh i've got one that hasn't been covered yet do you have one? i do hit me 
The English language ah, needed a word yes. that meant something halfway between a goddess and a naiad. Does it? It sure does. That's what does I've been. It? That's been our complaint about the English language since time began. <laughs> and I, uh, this is uh, one of Lauren's uh, false. Uh, it's the pet peeves in writing. The false range. Um, a naiad is like a, a a water nymph. Water nymph. Yeah. So what is the uh, a, a goddess which probably could include that? And where where would that even fall? Like, what are you imagining? Like, it, they're both weird mythological <laughs> creatures here. Um, but just one is what aspects of the water nymph is she getting at here? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I guess before we get to this, can we solve? You know, I I don't think that you know George Bernard Shaw, I believe, wrote the the essay on spelling reform. Because you can spell spell the word uh, fish, G H O T I. Goatee hook. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a lot to cover before we get to needing a word halfway between <laughs> a goddess and a naya. We're not searching for that. We're not. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to like get comfortable with the word webinar personally. Like. It's, yes. it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think we need that. I think we're good. I think we can describe it without that. Good. Oh, nice. I'm glad we. I purposely omitted that one because I thought that was uh, worthy of a, a lot of focus at the end. So I was certain that would be snapped up because it's not often you even. I mean, even if it had just said something about a naiad, we'd be like, "All right, come on." Yes, right. Yeah, especially because I think she was in bed. Um, I, or, or yeah, or maybe she was in the shower. Maybe that's why the wet comes into there. But you know, again, or her hair was wet. Anyway, let's not talk about it anymore. We've gone way too long. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you, everyone. This has been uh, 372 pages. We'll never get back. Look, this Thanks, is going to be Patreon. This is going to be shorter than last time. Yeah, I guess so. And we have uh, only two more of these, uh, two more of these episodes left. Woo! Uh, Baseball next time. All right. Baseball. So long, everyone. <laughs> Bye.